we we revolve around the sun. We revolve around the sun. And everyone's like, what? Oh my god, dude. They should have let you out. It's not Belagna. I don't believe you. Craft my dick. Bring me a lager. Hey dabblers. Uh, hey dabblers. Uh, what what it is. What it do. Welcome to the show. Thank you for coming back to the thing. To the show. Mm-hmm. I think I I smell like feet. I don't know what that's about. Why do you smell like feet? I don't know. That's weird. At least I smell feet. Is it is it my house? I hope not. No. I think <laughs> I smelled it earlier. Oh. Yeah. I've been pretty lazy today. Me too. So maybe I just smell like feet. <laughs> maybe that's just a thing. All right. My life. Well, just in case uh, we have some of our listeners like just screaming right now at us. Yeah. Program. Welcome to the program. Which program? This one. This show program? Mm-hmm. Fuck! Because I said welcome to the show, and I'm sure there was at least one guy who was like, you they're going to say it. They're going to say it. And then we didn't. We started talking about the smell of feet. We should have said it at the very end. The last thing you say is, fucking program! <laughs> well, welcome to the program. We uh, Thanks for listening. Tell your grandparents. Yeah. And your mailman. Make sure you subscribe. It helps us out a ton. It gets our content um, better somehow. Mm-hmm. It makes us feel better, so we produce better content. That's true. Because right now, you get, you're getting pretty high mm. like octane content, but it could be higher. Mm. Masa menos. Could be better. Mm. If we had more subscribers... We would have higher self-esteems, and we would accomplish more in life, yeah. gen- generally. Right now, I mean, 10 million subscribers is nice, mm. but I want I want 10 million and 10. It doesn't feel good enough for me. I need, like... I want more. Yes, I do. I always want more. I feel it's like, like Ariel. It's like chicken. I've got all these gadgets and gizmos, but I don't care. I want more. She's kind of selfish, right? Selfish bitch. Right? Mm. She's a princess in in the kingdom, and then she's like, no... This isn't... I want more stuff. I want this guy who's a different species. Yeah. What a bitch. <laughs> I don't like people who don't appreciate the things they have. Although, in case it's, uh, you know, it has been brought up slightly because Ariel, they're going to make a live action film. Oh, really? And it's being played by a lovely black lady. Oh, I heard about and that. that caused some sort of controversy that makes zero sense to my brain. I don't... Yeah, I don't care. So, I guess just to put it out there, who cares? Let it be whoever. It's a fictional character. It's a Disney movie, so she has to sing well and look pretty. I mean, it's Disney. They're not low on resources. They're going to get the right (laughs) actress for the part. Yeah. If it's an African-American lady, sweet. You know, there are black people in the ocean as well as white people. And gingers. She was a ginger. Hmm. So the ocean is equal, unlike the land. I didn't think there was anybody in the ocean unless they were... Well, you know, you don't follow the blogs that I follow about Atlantis and, sh- and aliens and shit. You're right. I don't. You don't. I did want, yeah, I wanted to talk about aliens because there's, there's there's things happening in the world, but I won't, <laughs> I won't. That's not what people time's about. Thanks. Just Google that shit. Nah, I'm good. No, the listener. Oh. If you're into it. You, you want me to say it, don't you? No. Want to know? I really, I really wish you, please don't. I'm not going to. Aliens are real. They're coming. They're ultra-terrestrials. All right. I can see it in your face. What is it? Just... It's a Jungian archetype. Be careful. I, you can't just say words to me that I don't know. Those are all real words that I, well, real-ish. Well, define them for me, please. 
I don't know. That's a whole lot to go into. I'm just deep. I, is it because I'm I sucked or is it into because it's complicated? Right <laughs> or a little bit of complicated both. isn't the word. Idiotic. Oh, is more of the word. But it's, the words are dumber than I am. Well, you know, <laughs> you, fuck you. No, I just mean you don't appreciate these kinds of things. That's true. Because you're a very precise person, and I'm a little crazy. So you know. Well, well, look, is there a god? No. Are there aliens? Huh, maybe. Like flying around, abducting here? people? No, probably not. Here. Right. So me, I'm like, man, eh, I don't know, maybe that'd be cool. Oh. So I'm deep into, not god right now, whatever. Do you go that through stages guy. of god? No, not really. Oh, okay. No, I'm just sort of whatever about that, but... Uh, we have different standpoints on some of that stuff. Yeah. I think you're straight up like a nihilist. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm a lazy nihilist, meaning... Oh. I am, but I'm too lazy to even commit to that, where I'm like, nah, aliens are probably real, it's cool. <laughs> no, I'm super deep into it right now. Oh, cool. And they're coming, I think. Tom DeLong, he's working on Disclosure. I'm more in favor that it's likely that aliens would come and take over before a second coming of Jesus coming <laughs> to take over, so. Yeah, that's not happening. Yeah. Even I'm not that dumb, and I'm dumb as fuck. Yeah. I don't believe he's coming. I do. I still have, like, weird throwbacks from my childhood where i think that that's happening <laughs> do you yeah because my upbringing drilled it into me that like he's coming back bro and i'm like my brain is programmed to be like yeah he probably is <laughs> yeah like, well, no he's not yeah i grew up in a pretty religious family and i somehow was able to just flip that switch off i don't, I don't know how but it is interesting that we are bringing up this because we are going to be talking about a little bit about church and religion Woo! space time yeah when because it's, it's people time, but it's space time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because we're talking about a guy who looked into space and had a weird name. He did have a weird name, Galileo. What's the deal with that? There's never been another Galileo. Not that I know of. Huh. Galileo. Yeah. Isn't well, it gay? Galileo or Galilei me? No. It's Galilei me, isn't it? Well, no. Huh. For the spelling? No. Just oh. me. G- Galilei me. Yes. I would like to have sex with a man, oh, please. Okay. Is that what we're talking about? No, we can, but it's not. <sighs> well, do you have a fun fact today? I do. I didn't know this. I don't know if this is general knowledge hmm. or not. It, you know, if you already know this, just shut your ears. Samuel L. Jackson, mm-hmm. very uh, ambitious actor. I love him. Yeah, he's good. Yeah. He actually attended Martin Luther King's funeral as a, an usher. I did not know that. Yeah. And what's crazy about that is because... How old was he? He's in his... He's like 20, 21, because he was in college at uh, Morehouse College in Atlanta. Morehouse? And, mm-hmm. Nice. Yeah. And in 1968, when Martin Luther King was assassinated, King's body was brought to Atlanta, and Jackson was there for the protests and all that shit, and he did attend the funeral as one of the ushers. Then, in 69... He was part of an activist group, you know, a black rights activist group. And, of course, those are all on fire at yeah. this point in history. And they have a bit of a um, riot type of thing where they take over sections of the college as part of a protest. And the college's board of trustees were held hostage oh. uh, to demand that the curriculum changes, uh, that there be more blacks in the governing. Did it work? Well, you know who was on the board of trustees? Mm-mm. For Morehouse College? Who? 
Martin Luther King Sr. <laughs> really? <laughs> so wait, they took him hostage too? <laughs> yeah. That's weird. <laughs> what did he say? Was he like, uh... I mean, he was—he didn't know who Samuel L. Jackson was. Daddy King. Yeah. So uh, Samuel L. Jackson interacted with the King family. He actually even played Martin Luther King in the play The Mountaintop in 2011, which was actually his Broadway debut. I did not know that. So he's got a lot of... Uh, I didn't know there was a play in The Mountaintop. That's reference to his last speech. Bam. Yeah. I mean... From, yeah. our, from our Martin Luther King episode. Correct. Yes. Um, somehow Mace Windu is tied in with Martin Luther King in an interesting way. Yeah. Star Wars. Fun. Yeah. Purple lightsabers. Mm-hmm. That's That was the dream. He got to pick that, you know that? That Martin Luther King had, huh? He got to pick the color of his lightsaber. Why would he pick purple? It's his favorite color, he said. Yeah. In, in an interview, he said that uh, when they were proposing that he was going to have a lightsaber for his character... Mm-hmm. He asked them, can I pick the lightsaber color? And they're like, yeah, we don't care. What color do you want? He said, purple. They said, okay. Sweet. That was it. I mean, that's fine. Like, I don't really care. I just didn't understand why, you know, there isn't any other purple lightsaber. Yeah. They started introducing a lot more colors. I think at first it was just blue, green, and red, right? Yeah, a friend of mine who's super into Star Wars explained that to me, that there were no other purples. Yeah, he doesn't know. I saw it. You saw it? I saw purple. No, he said before Mace Windu there were no other purple lightsabers. Oh. And I was like, yeah, but the original Star Wars happened af- after that in the timeline. I don't. It's fine. Oh, yeah. It's fine. I don't want to talk about it. Star Wars <laughs> is dumb. Except Ewoks. I'm going to do a fun fact about Ewoks. That now. nobody knew their name, but they all did. Uh, Everybody knew they were called Ewoks, even though it's not mentioned in the movies. Yeah, what's up with that? Was it written in the script? I can't remember. I read about this, but it's like one of those things where collectively we all found out because even though it's not mentioned in the movies, it was mentioned off screen enough that well, it they got had spread around. The Ewoks movie. They did, but I think it was after the fact, right? I don't know. Maybe it's like in the credits or something. Maybe. We should figure that out before yeah. talking about it. Good call. It's not a fun fact if we're just speculating wildly. That's true. It's been a long time since I read what I read, and I read it in passing, so I didn't really back it up with anything. Well, the only thing that really matters is the Star Wars Christmas special. No, man. And everybody should go watch it. Yeah. um, Don't watch it. Be on drugs first. (laughs) Maybe that'll help. Yeah. Maybe. I don't know if that'll really do it. Well, should we get into the episode? Mmm. Yeah. All right. I'm feeling it. Oh, wait, what's your name? Oh, that's a good question. What's your name? I forgot to look it up. Oh, you're such a doofus. Hold on, I gotta look mine up too. Uh, I'll, I'll, while you're doing yours, I'll give you, yeah. Go ahead. Kikomon. 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 I don't know what that is. Isn't that a Japanese cartoon? No. Or comic? Kikomon. It's a brand of soy sauce. Oh. <laughs> and I love soy sauce. I'm not a huge fan. I think I'm weirdly like where people are like, I like ketchup. And they put it on everything. I'm like that, but with soy sauce. I don't really like ketchup either. You put soy sauce on just whatever? All kinds of Potatoes? Shit. Oh, that'd probably be really good, yeah. Anything like really goes well with cheese and soy sauce. I mean, it's just salt, right? It's just salty. I mean, it's kind of the general idea. I think it's more than salt, but... I thought about getting a tattoo. You know how people get Japanese tattoos? Yeah. Because they're kind of douchey. Because they don't... Yeah, they think they know what it means. Yeah, and sometimes they get one, and the tattooer ends up putting something else on there and it'll say something like something stupid like 
rice or noodles. Yeah. Well, I want to get a Japanese tattoo that says soy sauce for real. Like, I'm actually picking it out. So that way, when a Japanese person sees it, they think that I got suckered into and you could say, getting a tattoo of something that I thought was like strength or dragon. harmony. But really, it says soy sauce so they can laugh at me. But really, they don't know. I actually love soy sauce. That's a reverse joke. Yeah. Yeah. And it's Japanese. I don't know if that's where soy sauce comes from, but... That sounds right. Whatever. Maybe I'll do it in Chinese. Maybe it came from China. I don't fucking know. Um, we still don't know a lot about Asia. Yeah, we need to take some more people time yeah. to uh, explore. It's only like half the fucking planet. Yeah. It's all, it's all the way on the other side, though, so it takes us a while to get over there. Yeah, it does. My my brain can't get over there very quickly. Yep. What did you say your name was? Oh, uh, Richard Siemens. <laughs> nice. That's my name. Richard Siemens. Mm-hmm. Well, well done. <laughs> <laughs> all right, well, Richard Siemens, uh, we're doing Galileo today. All right, Kikuman. Um, so we revolve around the sun, and everyone was like, nah. That's, hmm. that's, that's all I know. Yeah, pretty much is... That's, I think, what most people know. And then, it's just a weird name. Galileo Galilei. Is it Galilei? Galilei, yeah. Or is it Galilee? Galilei. I don't know. I heard different pronunciations, and Galileo Galilei was kind of the one that came up. All right. That I was able to pronounce easily, so. Fine with me. Nice. Gay, gay lay me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, Galileo was born in February 15th of 1564. Oh, wow. Yeah, so it's We're a while back. back. Mm-hmm. It's, uh, he was born in Pisa, Italy. Pisa. As in, like, the Leaning Tower of Pisa. Oh, fun. So you kind of have that, you know, that reference of where he's at. Is that built yet? Yep, it is. At his time? Yeah, Pisa was built in the late 1100s, I think. The tower? Mm-hmm. Was it leaning? It was. Weird. Yeah. We're going to get to a little bit of fun facts with that, but... Do you think that there were tourists that would go and a guy would paint them pretending, pretending to hold it up? <laughs> Yeah, and he always hated it. He's like, like oh, you fucking people. We've been doing this for years. And they just don't stop. Yeah. They all think it's so clever. Oh, I'm like, I'm not even the one who came up with it, but look what I'm doing. I've seen this before. <sighs> yeah. So he's been called many things. I guess I'll just go ahead and state some of these as we get into it. But he's been called the father of observational astronomy. Sure. Also the father of modern physics. Mm-hmm. And he's the father of scientific method. All right. Father of my heart. And Einstein said that he was a father of modern science in general. Fuck, this is good. this is going to be more than I thought, isn't it? It's pretty exciting. I, I like this story. No, I'm excited. I just, you know, because I'm dumb. My assumption was, rich guy, had a telescope. It's like, hey, this is going on in space. And they're like, we're going to kill you now. And he's like, oh, wait, I'm just kidding. He's not even, he's not even rich. Awesome. Yeah. Go poor people. Right? If you're listening to this and you're poor, slap yourself on the back. Good job. You're the, you're legitimate. I can't hit my own back very well right now. Well, Galileo, he was an astronomer and a physicist, engineer, and a polymath. Yeah, we've been doing a lot of those lately. Yeah. His father, though, to get started off, his father was Vincenzo Galilei. Papa Vincenzo. Yeah, he's Italian, of course, who was a, he was a famous lutenist. Uh, what? Fact. He looted? For a living? No. A uh, lute as in the instrument, uh, <laughs> which I found out. I thought a lute, I mean, there is an instrument called a lute, but I think lutenist refers to anyone who can play like any kind of stringed String. instruments that yeah, have so they, a hollow body. So they play like a lyre and, and uh, anything like that. Yeah, pretty much. Um, he's a composer and a music theorist. Matter of fact, he actually met up with uh, another guy who's really well known in Italy during this time frame. 
who is considered to be the most important music theorist of the 16th century, named Giosofo Zarlino. Sure. And those two actually do quite a bit when it comes to music theory. Did pizza exist yet? I have no idea. I don't think so. That's all I care about. Yeah. Um, but he studied the acoustics and mathematical formulas for stretched strings. He actually has Galileo later on even help him with some of his mathematical stuff, and he taught his son a lot about it. So You do a lot of, you play music, right? Uh, I mean, I fake it. <laughs> I say I play the guitar so that way my wife's panties drop, but she knows it's not true now. But back when we first met. <laughs> because you could play a couple of chords and you're like, yeah. got her. Yeah. All right. I was hoping you could explain. Because, you know, you always hear music and math are tied together. And I'm yeah. like, I don't hear that. They are. So, I mean, I don't really know a whole lot about music theory. I kind of watched some videos on it once and it was way over my head. But, yeah, especially with strings, it seems to be easy with the vibration of a string, the length of the string. And you can start pushing down in different spots to get different kind of. Oh, sounds, so notes. Everything's just measured. Yeah, and they're measured even more so like the third or the fifth or, you know, that's determined how far down the string sure. you're cutting it off. But yeah, so they are doing that kind of stuff. And, I mean, it involves physics of vibrating strings and columns of air, and they were really into that. Galileo even, he liked to get involved with it when he was younger. I like the music. Mm -hmm. So his mother, there really isn't a whole lot about her. She was from a noble family, but not rich. So I guess they had the nobility status. Bummer. But they weren't really well off by any means. That's like sandwich. It's easy to look important and be a broke ass. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. They probably fuck something up. Well. Too much pizza. Ah. Uh, maybe they. Give me the too much pizza. It's delicious. That's why I spend all my money on. I don't blame them. Yeah. I really do spend all my money on pizza. It's, it's insane. Well, between the two. His mother and father, they had six children, and Galileo was the oldest. Ooh, smart boy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, Galileo learned to play the lute at an early age. Ooh, who'd have thought? Yeah, his father was a lutist, <laughs> and the famous one. What so. a suck-up. Yeah. Dad, look what I learned. Look at, look at what I learned. He was supposed to be well-accomplished with this. He could uh, play the lute, and I guess he even dabbled a little bit in composing. Fucking dabbler. Yeah. Yes! Um, yes, sirs! They lived in Pisa until Galileo was about eight years old when his family moved to Florence, which is really where I guess their family originated from. Like, some of their ancestors are more close. So they went back to that region for whatever reason. It's where the, the Galileis are from. Mm -hmm. And he spent his teens there in Florence. He attended the monastery school in Florence because he wanted to become a priest. Galileo did. I bet that's like a typical career choice at that point in the world. I have no idea. It's There's just like, a lot of priests, and it's a very Catholic-based country at this time frame. Yeah. Roman Catholics. Probably about the last 2,000 years or so. Yeah. Well, from now, anyway. Yeah. 1,500 years ago from there. Yeah. Standpoint. You know... There's a lot of this. I'm just gonna feed a fact to everybody real quick. A lot of Christians in Italy. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. That's your other. That's another new fun fact. There you go. I know it's hard to take. I can see your face right now, Dabbler. You're like, what? What the fuck? What? But what is he true. talking about? What? I'm like, no, it's for real. Google that shit, man. So uh, yeah, they, got, they got all kinds of shit over there. Yeah. So he had an appeal to. It's go like a bunch of pedophiles. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. That's what it is. Yeah. So Galileo was going to join the priesthood. That was his ambition when he was a teenager. Yeah. But his father was like, don't do that. Which is weird because I feel like we've done other people and they're like the reversed 
Yeah, because if your kid becomes a monk, you know he's like staying out of trouble. The church will support him. But in this case, his dad was like, "Nah, go be a go fucking rock on that loop, man." No, and get them chicks. His father was like, "Don't do that." Science. He just sings about it. Yeah, yeah, no. He's the first street musician who sung about science. Yeah, he wanted to get him to like the field of medicine because he knew that it would have made him rich. Hey, he's like you. We aren't. We don't have a lot of money. Eye on the prize. Let's. You should go do that and make yourself well off in the future. And his dad, uh, professionally, is a musician or a musical theorist or something. Yeah. Yeah. So they're broke as fuck. Yeah. 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 Even though he's well known and he's like adding to it. Yeah. Then nobody gives a shit. Money. You have to be Rolling Stones to make money in music. Yeah. You have to be the top top dog even mm-hmm. in that time frame. And I bet you even then you're like, okay, I'm okay. Yeah. But in 1583, when Galileo was 19 years old, he complied with his father's wishes, and instead of becoming a priest, he decided to go to the University of Pisa to go study medicine. Which, at that time, was just bloodletting. <laughs> I know, right? Leeches and all sorts of weird shit. We need to, we need to bleed the demons out. <laughs> Pray. That's, that's what, all medicine really is. That's what it was. <laughs> and then you take the blood that falls off on the floor, and you put it back in. You're like, okay, it's clean now. Yeah, like, oh, we gotta get that back in you. Here you go. Like, um, oh, another one died? What the hell? When he gets to university, though, he finds himself fascinated with other subjects, and two of them, like, really kind of take into him, which is philosophy and, can you guess, mathematics. Weird. Yeah. He also kind of has a little bit of a mathematical scenario before he goes, which this kind of ties into when he gets to school. Mm. So what happened was he was watching some chandeliers, and they're strung from the ceiling, and they were moving for whatever reason so they're swinging back and forth ghosts yeah well and he noticed that one of the chandeliers had started swinging before the other one so one of them was slowing down but when when he looked up and saw them he noticed that they were both swinging to the points where they both started and ended at the peak of their points yeah at the same time even though they were going at different different directions or different speeds different speeds i guess the right word yeah, I've seen that before. So it's like the idea is if you were to take two pendulums pendulums and swing them, even if you swung them at different distances, if they're on the same length of rope. Certain, at a certain point, they become parallel. Yeah. Yeah. And so he For was, like at least one swing. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and it's also just the fact that they both reach their peaks at the same time, even though one might be going further out. Oh, yeah, yeah that's true. So yeah. it's physics. But anyways, he noticed that and he was like Which amused is, by this. Well, it is amusing. Yeah. Yeah. No, I did. Did he figure out the math for that? Oh, well, he started doing his own experiments, and he found that yeah, if you put something on the same length of rope, yeah, and you start them at different distances of dropping them, mm-hmm. that they hit their peaks at the same time either way. Like it takes them the same amount of time to fall. He's got like a. Does he have the math for it, or he just he just kept making it and looking at it like this is so wild, dude. Well, at the beginning, he just is interested in it. And when he gets to school, he realizes this is a place that he can learn more about that. Baller. And so he tells his dad that he actually wants to become a mathematician and a philosopher. His dad does not like this idea. Fuck no. Because the whole point with college was to make some fucking money so that we don't have to live off of my musician salary. Because if he would have been a a physician, he would have made a lot more than a mathematician makes. Yeah, I think they make, uh, what, zero as they make now? Mm, Ish? Yeah, about that. Especially if you're gonna go teach it. Yeah, they make is, they make nothing, man. Which is a bummer, cause you gotta force people to learn something they don't want to learn, and mm. it's really important. And we don't pay them hardly anything. Um, yeah, education's only like one of the most important goddamn things ever. Yeah, 
don't don't tell that to America. Of course, I didn't get educated because we we lived in America. <laughs> well, I also didn't pay attention or go. Oh yeah, I mean that's on me. Well, my teacher was underpaid, and so he's probably bored too. And was like, oh god, I didn't give a fuck what happens. I'm here. a paid babysitter. I hope these kids all die. Yeah, I heard this e-cigarette thing is killing them. I hope it gets my whole class. Is hope it? they all get that lung disease. Yeah, you smoked that, you little shit. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, no, that's, you can do whatever I want. So yeah, just teacher, die. you're talking to yourself just, again. We can hear you all. Just die, just die, <laughs> just die. The second thing that happened was that Galileo accidentally walked into the wrong class, and he went to a lecture in geometry, and he stayed for the whole thing because he's like, oh well, fuck it. Like yeah, it's kind of neat. My bad, I went to the wrong class. And by the time he was done with it, he was hooked. What? So these two things. Geometry really... is very addictive. I mean, I didn't really care for it so much. Physics in general, yes, which you have to have geometry for, but... Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's very addictive. They sell... Um, there's like a blue version of that you can buy on the streets now. I saw it on TV. Mm-hmm. I saw it on the, sh- on the shows. Yeah. It was... I've uh, been binging it all week. Dora the Explorer. <laughs> it's a really gripping program. Uh-huh. There's this character in there, like a fox. Mm-hmm. You never know when he's going to show up. Mm-hmm. And he's, he takes stuff. He steals it. He's, would you say he swipes? Nah, I wouldn't say that. Mm. I'd say he kifes. <laughs> and, and when he comes in, you go, you kifer! <laughs> oh, wait. Slapping, slap, sleeving, slap hosing, gypsy. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> Jesus Christ. It, I'm repeating the program to you. Uh-huh. No, the show. We are a program. Oh, right, 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 right. Yeah. The 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 show with the little um, Hispanic girl who's very charming. Mm-hmm. What was I saying? So Galileo's father protested that he was, you know, wanting to go take math. Yeah. And either I actually found two different accounts from historians. Either he convinced his father, who really didn't like the idea, but was like, fine, whatever, or he just did it anyways without his father's consent. Mm. So one of those two things happened. Either way, he definitely went to go learn math and philosophy. Well, was he nineteen, twenty? You said nineteen. Yeah. yeah. Fuck your parents at that age. Yeah. Yeah. Fuck you, dad. Yep. So he goes to university, <clears throat> studies philosophy and math. But in 1585, when he's about 21 years old, Galileo had he had to leave university due to financial issues. He couldn't afford to continue going. His family couldn't pay for it. So he doesn't actually get his degree. I'm a poor geometry addict. Addict. (laughs) And he's just getting change on the streets. Mm -hmm. Well, actually, he in order to survive, he goes back home and he actually teaches math. He tutors it privately to people. Yeah. Because he knows enough that he can help other people out. Yeah, he did. He played the lute and he played the toot. Yeah. Because he was a looter and a tutor. I'm having a good time. Good. He continues studying math and philosophy while he's teaching other people, and he gets really into Greek mathematics, um, or mathematicians, um, Pythagoras. Oh, yeah. And Archimedes, which we'll come up a little bit later. But during this time frame, he also designed a new form of a hydrostatic balance. Hmm? Yeah, so this is a device that it uses fluids and pressure, and with heat, it changes the fluids and pressure. So basically, what it's called is a thermoscope. So think of thermometers before they were thermometers. How does it, what does it work? How is it? So it's like a big base and it's full of liquid and he's got a stem of some kind of hollow and it sticks it in the base. Mm-hmm. And he's got other fluids and when it heats up, the fluids 
the pressure pushes it up the tube. Oh, I've seen that. So, it, I mean, it is like a thermometer, but this isn't very accurate thermometer. As a matter of fact, you can't even really measure anything other than, well, that's warmer than that. Well, like, because it's, it's different liquids um, expand and detract based off different temperatures. Mm-hmm. My grandma has a thermometer like that. Yeah. Like, sits on her count- or her windowsill. Yeah. That's cool. They're, like, different colors. Yeah. And it moves depending. Yeah. And I think it has to do with the... It's weird. How thick certain fluids are whatever it's uh viscosity yeah and th- uh, uh fluid thermodyne th- thermo science word insert smart person word here yeah but he's the did first you hear one the, to did you hear i just use that word in context that's really good god man that was so fucking great well he's the first one to actually create this or at least it's presumed that he really? is because nobody knows of any other ones that have beforehand Hello, man. So, yeah. You go, Galileo. He just made it. He was like, I'm just going to do this while I'm teaching dumb kids stuff. But, yeah, it wasn't very accurate, so it wasn't really that useful. But he's, yeah. still, getting, he's still getting some stuff done from it. Yeah, he's still getting some, some I mean, education. But, yeah, he's getting an idea, and he's hands-on shit. In 1586, Galileo publishes a book on the hydrostatic balance, and the book's called The Little Balance. That's cute. And this starts to get attention from other scholars because this is new. This is kind of like, well, this is weird. Mm-hmm. During this time frame, Galileo also begins studying Desegno, which is just fine art. Desegno? Desmegmo? Desegno. Desmegmo. Yeah. Desegno. Desmegmo. Yeah. I think we're saying the same word. Desegno. Desmegma. <laughs> and he begins his studies in motion. So physics. So what is that word? Desteg- it's fine art. Oh, it's just like an Italian word for for art? Yeah. It's oh. like fine art. And during this time frame, he's really into... I'm telling you, this guy touches stuff and he just learns it. So he learns about fine art. And he's really into this movement that's going around that's like people who make paintings or drawings or whatever. Yeah. You're appreciating it of how they made it rather than what the painting is supposed to mean like sure. he was not really into like this has a deep meaning he was just like that's really cool that they use light and dark this way yeah good like, for him good placement here that's just pretty looking that's what i hate when people talk about art and they're like it makes me feel yeah i want to tell me you know, you know about the composition and the but you know what yeah. you thinking behind it See he's the- just aesthetically what he what looks pretty to him he's like yeah that's cool i like how they did that what an asshole so you never stop thinking i guess not doesn't sound like it he gets so into polymath, like you said. And like I was saying, he was—he's also studying motion and physics, basically, for the next couple of decades, really. But when he gets into this fine art, he gets into it so much that in 1588, when he's 24 years old, he actually applies and obtains a, a position as an instructor in the Academia Dea Arti del Disagno in Florence, which is an art school. It's like a prestigious art school. So... Who knew that this scientist was teaching art before he started to get into astronomy? I mean, we're talking about a heavily, uh, naturally intelligent person who's just fickle. Well, I feel like he's I like this thing. I like this thing. I like this thing. I like this thing. He went to college. You know, he went to university, and I think he's just one of those people that everything looks awesome to him. I mean, you look at it from the mind of someone who can picture... Oh, the I cosmos hate those people and he can figure cool stuff out so he looks at something else and he's like how does that thing work that's cool what's this over here that's awesome so he's just like everything is awesome to him i know people like that i, I have a brother that's like that hmm. whatever they touch they Jeez. get good at it quickly 
Assholes. Is and what then we bored. Call yeah. And bored. You're an asshole. Because I can do nothing. I don't think he's bored. I don't think he ever gets bored of this stuff. He well, just no. It, gets... Yeah, you just get better if you stick with it. Yeah. Because you can do whatever you want. He could, if he wanted to, Galileo could have been the greatest at breeding horses. Probably. Probably would have changed the world somehow. Or whatever that guy would have gotten into. Inventing new knots. Yeah. And we'd have a whole knot museum. Mm-hmm. People would be like, I'm not going there. And everyone would punch that guy. Yeah, because fuck him and his stupid puns. Yeah. But I'd be the guy in the corner laughing like, you get it? Not. I like it. And let's just, let's put it on the line. Let's put it, there's some pretty bitchin' knots in there. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You're not going to want to miss this. <laughs> <laughs> Got any more? Yeah, but <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to, you know, make mm. you suffer. Thanks. So yeah, he's teaching art. Um, he teaches perspective in art, um, as well as I'm not gonna say this word right. Cheroscaruo. No, that's right. Yeah, it's the use of strong that's contrast a... of light and dark. Oh, I thought it was a Pokemon. It's like with the whole Renaissance era, oh. where you see a lot of dark and light with their like their yeah, religious aspects. It's Carasparo or Kirspiro. Carasparo. There's no P though. Chair. Oh, Oscuro. Man, I took a class in college, and it's all. I'm, my brain is trying to find the part of my brain where that store... I, mean, I could show you the word, but I'm not gonna, so I good luck. I don't give a fuck. But I understand what you mean. It's the contrast between light and dark. Yeah, and it's usually like a strong contrast. And if you look at most Renaissance paintings and stuff, it, it's like really predominant how much they use darks against lights. Like where there'll be like some giant muscular figure, and he's like in the light, but all around him it's all super dark. Yeah. It's to make him pop out and stuff. Well, especially around here, right? This is Renaissance, pre-Renaissance. Oh, yeah. So... Yep. And all those Renaissance paintings, there are tons of that shit where the shading tells the whole story. Yeah. And that's why, I think that's why he liked teaching that too, is that was aesthetically pleasing. Like, oh, I placed the dark and the light here and it makes this pop. And so he's not looking at the deeper meaning behind the painting of no. Jesus with a fucking crown on thorns on his head. He's going like, that's really nice that you were able to light up his face that way. Yo, bro. That's nice work. Good. good job. Yo. Hey, ball of man. Mm. Yeah. Well, and, you know, I, we're accustomed to it, but I mean, I think this is like new. At the time. Eh. Not not like brand new. People had been fucking with it, but I think it was like popular now. For, yeah. For the Renaissance artists. Very popular. He does, while he's teaching art, he does try to apply for the chair of mathematics at the University of Bologna. Bologna? Bologna. Oh, uh, bologna. Yeah. No, it's... Bologna <laughs> University. So this is funny because <laughs> when I first read it, it's spelled B-O-L-O-G-N-A, bologna. Yeah. And so I started laughing, like, but it's called baloney. It's baloney. And then I found out baloney came from the city, and that's why baloney has the name baloney. It's actually from there? Yeah. It feels, it feels like it's from Illinois or some shit. <laughs> well, the baloney that me and you eat at the store is shit. Oh. This is like bummer. more sausage, and it has flakes of different cool stuff in it that's yummy. I want that. And that's like real baloney, and ours is like, me and you eat well, it's, shit baloney. Yeah. Yeah. Craft. Yeah. It is a weird consistency, bologna. It's not a... It doesn't It, it doesn't feel like meat in your mouth. <laughs> no, it doesn't, it doesn't. No. I don't know what's going on with that. I'll still eat it. But he doesn't get the position at bologna. <laughs> is that how it's pronounced? Or do we just pronounce it like that? We pronounce... I mean, I think... So... It's not bologna. I, I actually had to go look up the pronunciation of the city, which is bologna. Okay. But I think some people actually do pronounce it baloney, and we definitely do here in America because we're. But it's funny how you can say it fancy. Bologna. Like, 
Bologna. Bologna. It's the Italian, the ancient Italian city of Bologna. Yeah. <laughs> where they craft a very specific type of sausage. Of sausage meats for, uh, I believe they're called sandwiches. In America, we're like, it's bologna. <laughs> it's processed. I don't know what's in it. Put it on your sandwich. Well, I always thought bologna had such a stupid spelling, and now it makes sense of where it came from. I don't know why we still call it bologna, but okay. Especially since I've seen it spelled bologna. It can be spelled that way, too, and it's acceptable. Like N-E-Y at the end. Yeah. Because Americans do not give a fuck. (laughs) Yeah. It looks like bologna. I'm not calling it bologna. What? It's not Bologna. I'm going to spell it the way it should be. Say this what it is. Should we change the name of the city in Italy You're Indians. (laughs) And that's what you are. And this is Bologna. (laughs) I don't know what it's made out of. (laughs) So, yeah, he does not get the position at the University of Bologna. Sad, that's Bologna, man. But his reputation is growing in the mathematical world, and he's asked to deliver um, a couple lectures over at Florentine Academy which is a prestigious literary group. So again, now it's not mathematics, but he's got enough information apparently to go teach this class, and he lectures on Dante's Inferno. Sure, why not, man? The guy just does whatever he feels like, and I guess he's good at it all the time. Yeah, so. he's one of those people. He can do whatever the fuck he wants. Yep. In 1588, Galileo, Galileo finds some ingenious hmm. theorems on center of gravity, and he brings... They're also, already talking about that? Yeah. Wow. It brings more recognition for himself to other mathematicians that are in the area. They're like, hmm. whoa, you're finding out some stuff that we didn't know about. This is cool. So he's starting to kind of get a little bit more well-known in the math world. And this actually helps him find a chair in the mathematics department of the University of Pisa, which I had to do a small little laugh because it's Pisa and he's recognized for center of gravity. Mm-hmm. That's fun because the Leaning Tower of Pisa has got a... Do you think that... I thought that was fun. Do you think he, he thought of the irony? I don't know. I But I put in my notes, pause for laughter. <laughs> <laughs> because I thought it was pretty funny. <laughs> well, I'm just wondering if he, you know, he, he started thinking about gravity, walked past the tower, and he's like... <laughs> Center of Center. gravity. It, and then they're like, the come on into it. our university. He's like, oh my God, okay. <laughs> Seriously, right now? This is so funny. It's like, I was just joking around. I could not help myself. But laugh. But here is where he does his famous demonstration. And I've heard about this. I'm not sure if many... I think it's somewhat well-known. He does a demonstration where he drops items of similar size mm-hmm. but different weights off of the Leaning Tower. So mm. he climbs up to the top. And to kind of picture... To help picture out at least the way I was shown in some crappy drawing was like... Think of something bowling ball shaped size. Okay. And he has multiple items that are this way, and they all have varying weights. Some of them are really heavy, and some of them are really light. Yeah. And he does this demonstration to show that when you drop all these, they all land at the same time. That weight doesn't have an effect on the items that are being pulled down by gravity. still don't. I can't wrap my head around that. Yeah. I mean, I've read that it's true. It is, yeah. I don't believe you. (laughs) (laughs) Well, good, because a lot of people also didn't believe... Galileo. Did he stand on the leaning side and run the risk? I don't know where he stood. Better not with all that heavy shit, man. It's going to fall over. This is significant because right now, most of Italy and really the world believes Hmm. in what's called the Aristotelian. Based on Aristotle. Exactly. Yeah. So. Holy shit. Yeah, and Aristotle didn't quite get it right. He was smart for his time, but he just didn't have enough education of legitimate grounding, so he just pulled it out of his ass. 
And what he stated, Aristotle, was that objects fall at a rate that is related to how much they weigh, which is just not correct. Which is what all of our brains assume. It makes sense. It's yeah. heavier, so it falls faster. That's but not how physics work, though. He didn't drop shit off a large building, apparently, before he wrote that down. Exactly. Because he's an Aristotelian prick. Yeah. He could not but this, tie good knots. This is what everybody else thinks is true. They yeah, believe I, Aristotle's I believe theory. it right now, until and, I see it. And, Ga- and Galileo, what he was doing is he's actually proving Archimedes' theory, which is uh, Archimedes' principle is the amount by which a medium reduces the speed of an object falling through it. And he used a lot of stuff like liquid, like water. So he's oh. like, if I drop this, this one floats. If I drop this, it sinks. If I drop these two things, they will sink, but one sinks faster. Well, that's not the same thing. No, but he also does it through air as well. Which he is said a, through a medium. It is a medium, mm-hmm. air. Yeah. yeah. And so Archimedes was actually more accurate than, I mean, he was accurate and Aristotle wasn't. Archimedes was, yeah, if you drop these things, it doesn't matter on their weight. Have we proved this now on Earth, like in vacuums? Mm-hmm. So if I drop a feather and a bowling ball in a vacuum. Yeah. Well, they. I think there has to be something with some sort of relation to size. To size. Not weight, but size. But I think that is true. Like, mm. if you do a feather and, a, like, a penny, they'll both hit the ground at the same time if it's in a vacuum. I don't believe you! Well, you can watch it on YouTube. There's videos. I should. It's cool. Yeah, I don't want to seem like a like an idiot Luddite. Yeah. But, and obviously uh, a feather, I mean, if it has resistance... It's going to catch a lot of wind, but if we're in a... Closed off. Vacuum. Yep. The only thing in there is me and my skeptical brain, like... Ah, this is magic! What? Yeah, so no weight of an object does not determine how fast it falls. And this is a principle that is determined er, to be caused by gravity. Yes, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, this is yes. all gravity related. The gravity affects objects the same. Yeah, it's like one one continuous force. Demons. Mm-hmm. We haven't found the graviton yet, right? Or gravity waves, but they're still they're still speculating about them. I think it's because they're. You know, they're sentient. I don't know anything about this. Well, they haven't proved it yet, so. That's, oh, okay. Well, so they've been trying to find a graviton for a long time, like the subparticle that that creates gravity. Mm-hmm. And I think they've recently decided that there is no graviton, and now they're looking for gravity waves. I think you're talking, now. And this stuff goes into like, way, not only way beyond where we're well, at with is, Galileo, but yeah. I think this stuff even goes into like quantum physics, because they try to do it on like a molecular level, like why does this atom orbit this atom? Like, yeah. What's pulling it or keeping it attached to this? Is it gravity well, related, kind of the same thing, or no? I have no idea, by the way. That's what they assume, yeah, because the universe is what? It's all held together by strong force, weak force, gravity, and... Uh, Electromagnetism. Oh, I was going to make another joke that because they were working with the loot strings, yeah, that they were working on string theory, and I also wrote <laughs> down pause for laughter because it's clearly not string theory, pause. but it's fun <laughs> because it's got the same... I mean, I'll take that. That's Thanks. a well-crafted... Uh... I forgot about that. Because if you had said, well, he started to play the flute and he was learning string theory. Ah, because they go, were theorite. Oh, you they bitch. Were building theories based off of string vibration. That's what they're doing. And so I like string theory. <laughs> yeah, that's loot theory is string theory. <laughs> Which is a completely different thing. But yeah, Brian Green there was my stupid off. joke. Anyway, so he writes a paper called Du Motu, which sure. is on motion, which states his findings about what he's doing right now with these different objects he's hmm. dropping off of the Leaning Tower. 
Um, yeah, it doesn't go very well. Uh, the rest of the world does not like this because he's rejecting Aristotle's theory, and that's what everybody believes. So they're all like, For a long time, yeah. Shut up, Galileo. Who are you with a weird name? Rather than just going and trying to experiment themselves, which seems relatively easy to go do. Yeah. They're like, fuck you. We're just, no. So that's where I the don't, world's at. I don't blame them from where they're standing. They are still super into Jesus. Yes. And Aristotle. And this definitely does cloud their judgment. So his colleagues and really the rest of society is just calling him stupid now. They're all like, oh, he's this great mathematician that's coming up and coming. And then he mm. does this and everyone's like. Ah, what an idiot. Who is this jackass dropping stuff off the building and <laughs> writing about it? Yeah. Why isn't he writing about Jesus and how his blood saved us all? Why isn't he writing about that? Where's the, where's the math? Give me the math on that. Yeah, give me the math on that, math guy. Yeah. You mather. You mathin' motherfucking go to church. <laughs> I'm sick of your numbers. Yeah. Well, well, I think they still talk that way. Yeah. I would, I would agree. I bet there are preachers who are like that. Don't listen to them mathers. I think that's what I think. You better not. I think they call us free thinkers, which is, I feel like, a positive thing. That's but... apocalyptic. <laughs> <laughs> Don't listen to the free thinkers. Yeah, right. Yeah, they use their minds to figure things out. They should be using their hearts and their dicks, just like the Pope. Yeah. Yeah. Got dark. I'm sorry. Well, that way, if he were, that's if he were being realistic. It's really, you know. Follow your your fear and your whatever. Yeah, yeah. Well, in nineteen or sorry, in fifteen ninety one, he's twenty seven years old now. Galileo. Yeah. His father dies, and he's entrusted in caring for his well, his younger brother, and and really kind of mostly the family, but his younger brother Michelagnolo. It's not Michelangelo. No. Michelagnolo. G and the N are in weird spots. Michelagnolo. Michelagnolo. It sounds like a imported beer that I would not get. Michelagnolo. I would see it on the beer menu at the restaurant, and it'd say nine percent, twelve dollars, and I go, "Nah, hey, give me a fat tire." And the well, and the bar person is like, "It's very dark," and I'm like, "No, I'm I'm sure that it is. Give me a fat tire. <laughs> it's crafted. Craft my dick. Bring me a lager. Sorry. Craft your dick. Yeah, craft my dick." Well, this becomes a pretty big burden financially for Galileo because he's now going to take care of his younger brother. Bummer. And his younger brother is a lutist, and I guess he was actually not really great with money. So he's like always going to Galileo and be like, I need a little bit of money. Musicians aren't responsible. (laughs) Yeah. But luckily, Galileo still has some friends that are in some high places, and they help recommend him into getting a teaching position at the University of Padua. P-A-D-U-A. Padau. Padau. I'll take Padau. Where he taught geometry, mechanics, and astronomy. Sure. And though he makes more money at this teaching position, it still isn't enough to really support his family financially, so he also gives tutoring and private lessons to... Wow, he's fucking busy. Other kids, yeah. The weird thing is is that during this time frame, while he's just constantly teaching, it would seem like he's teaching at the university and he's teaching on his spare time, he also is still continuing his own research in math and science and everything. The guy just doesn't stop. We just, I don't know. Yep. And so while he's studying, he finds some new discoveries in fundamental science, such as kinematics of motion, or the geometry of motion, Ah. and astronomy. So kinematics is the theory of speed in the sense of like, if you act on an object, Mm -hmm. how fast it goes is determined by 
the distance it's going to go. Oh, man. And the time yeah. that it takes to get there. So Newton found these papers la- later, right? And was just like, fuck! Dude, I'm going to get into Huge. a little bit about that later. But yeah. Huge hard-on, and he just cummed all over the papers. Yeah. And he started calculating the speed of his cum. He's like, oh, I gotta write this down. He's like, if I hits the wall at this time from the time it launched. And he's yeah, and he's trying to balance that out in his mind. Like one hand he's writing down the numbers. <laughs> the other he's, he's still got a stopwatch. Jerking off. Yeah, because he has to find yeah, the paper every time he sees it. It's like me when I interact with Hank. Yeah. <laughs> I see his Do email. you write it down? I try to write down my reactions, yeah. There oh. there is it feels scientific. <laughs> <laughs> nice so yeah so he's working in that area and he's making new discoveries um this also goes along with acceleration as well something that accelerates to get up to a certain speed damn he really is on the cusp of some shit yeah he really is like um, it just sounds like even a few just language tweaks and you'd be talking newton well and this is why i think einstein was saying that he was the father of modern science fair yeah i mean who who before him was talking like this well, around this time frame, Galileo meets a woman named Marina Gamba. She sounds hot. And she, he starts a relationship with her. Ooh. However, they never marry. She doesn't have. She have. She have good gambas. She has great gambas. Oh, she has yeah. three children's worth of great gambas. Fuck yeah! Because that's how many kids they have. Thick Italian gambas. And they have kind of a, a strange relationship because kind of tastes like cheese. Because. His kids are considered to be illegitimate because they're not married, and they think that Galileo might have done this on purpose because he didn't have any real status or money, Mm. and if they put his name down as the father, I guess there was some sort of issue with, like, them maybe... Inheriting his debt or something? illegitimate, like, that it states that not inheriting his debt, they're just, like, they were out of wedlock, and it would be frowned upon, and they probably wouldn't get married because of that. What? Yeah, it's so weird time frame. These dude. three kids aren't his. They are. Oh, so they hook up and have three kids, but they never married. But they never got married, so they're not recognized. Like, they would actually have, kind of like how we have birth certificates, they would yeah. have, like, birth certificates with, like, baptismal stuff. Mm-hmm. And because they weren't married, that if they would have written it down, it would have shown that they weren't married, and that's frowned upon in the church and society. I don't know, man. It's fucking weird. I'm sure whatever the reason is, it's some dumbass traditional thing they're avoiding. Well, and the two girls end up, he ends up sending them to go basically be sisters, nuns, because... It's the right thing to do. They're probably not going to get married anyways. Because they're weird looking. I don't know about that, but just because they're illegitimate. I don't know. But so. they can't get married because they're illegitimate? Well, like, you know, when you have a daughter, you're supposed to give a dowry. Yeah. And money and all this stuff. Well, he doesn't have really any of that. <laughs> And yeah. so, math your way out of that, dickhead. Yeah, and so it's praise kind of like, Jesus. It's kind of like I I can't afford to marry you to somebody, so go be a sister, go be a nun, and you'll be okay. Good for her for uh, sticking with this uh, poor ass genius. Yeah, that's a big commitment. When I saw some, my wife would not do that. So yeah, he sends them off later to that. Probably uh, he didn't even like it. He's like they're not gonna have a great life because. They're nuns. <laughs> I mean, that if sucks. they have his genes, they're probably smart. And being a nun, I think, is fucking boring. Probably. Yeah. Yeah. But in 1609, when he's 45 years old, because he spends some time with his family. Sure. Does that stuff. Uh, while studying motion, Galileo determines that the distance fallen by a body is proportionate to the square of the elapsed time. 
this is the law of falling bodies, and that the trajectory is of a projectile is a parabola. Yes. And the only reason why I said any of that stuff was just so I could say parabola. Yeah. Not parable. Not parable. That's the song before that. Mm-hmm. Off of. And I, I brought that up because it's me a, and you, I know, would tool. enjoy that. It's a tool reference, everybody. Yeah, the band tool. We are the, we are those tool fan douchebags. Sorry about that. <laughs> Wait, how many bodies is he throwing? Oh, countless, I'm sure. He's got to keep doing tests. So he's in the, like, Italian mafia. <laughs> and he's he... like the guy who gets rid of the, the bodies <laughs> for science. <laughs> Throws them off a high place and it just splats. Yeah. No one can recognize now. And his not museum? It's just for money laundering. Now, of course, for anyone who's listening, just in case, bodies is a reference <clears throat> to items, objects. In science, they have their own language. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now, in case anyone did hear all that stuff I just rambled off and want to know what a parabola is, I can put it in more simple terms. Please. And this is really basic, so if you want to learn more, there's a ton more. But parabola is the path of an object that is essentially being thrown it's like it's being projected so if you were to throw it off of something high it's the trajectory the arc it would take because gravity starts enforcing you know downward so so imagine out and down newton's uh come shooting off of the tower of pisa yeah it hits a peak and then it kind of starts come down so what is the parabola it's just that measurement that arc of the arc made from like if you were to like trace the object in the air of where it goes yeah make an arcing and this is not talked about a lot historically, but Newton, uh, and I know we're talking about Galileo, I just mean Newton, when he learned about Galileo, cement everywhere, he was a tremendous shooter. So his parabola... Is w- far and, and a long arc. Very effective. And Matter of fact, I'm not sure if anyone's beaten it today. Has anyone beaten? <laughs> <laughs> well, they're not- beating it, but not beating his record. Oh, I was like, no, they're definitely beating <laughs> Off the tower. Are you beating it? You're not beating it? So that's why all those uh, tourist pictures of the tower is so funny. Because on one side, it's people pretending to hold it up. On the other side, it's people measuring their ejaculate uh, parabolas Mm -hmm. and taking measurements. They're like, nope, you're off by three feet with Newton. They're like, damn it again! Every year! You got to eat more more fruit and fluids. Mm -hmm. Do kegels. That's probably what helps the most, I would say. Anyways. Two kegels. <laughs> in the same year, 1609, he's still 45 years old, Galileo's career takes a turn because he hears about an instrument that was invented in the Netherlands, yeah. which can show distant things as though as if they were closer than they really are. This, of course, is the instrument is the spyglass. What now? Yeah. So I can spy on my neighbors? Yeah. So a spyglass is just something that magnifies an image of a distant object. We know what a spyglass is. It's Simple. binoculars. It's binoculars. Have, uh, telescopes. They, yeah. They all it's kind just of ma- magnification. But at this time, they're really basic. So it's just a spyglass. It doesn't really magnify too strong, but they're cool. People are like, well, this is new. This is weird. Has to do something with the what? glass shape. And they're like, what's the deal with this? Yeah. So not only does Galileo quickly work out how the concept works, but he builds his own spyglass that's better, and then... Of course he does. <laughs> ...teaches himself... Yeah. And he teaches himself how to sand the glass. So he's, like, making them finer or making them different shapes. And as he continues hmm. to do this, he finds out how to make them increasingly more powerful. Hmm. Basically making a telescope. There, mm-hmm. So in uh, the original versions are more like binoculars, and he... Well, improves it to the point where he's like looking into fucking space. You know, like pirates where they have like their shink and they like look out. Yeah, whatever that it's like is. One tube. 
That's kind of what was presented to him. And I mean, it's not binoculars. It's one-ocular. <laughs> yeah. Unocular. Yeah. Or a spyglass. Or a spyglass. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So he's making them way stronger. As a matter of fact, other people start making them too, but he's just so far above everybody else because he's figured it out and he keeps just improving on it while yeah. everyone stays with the original crappy design. Yeah, everything he touches. Yep. That's why What's-Her-Name stayed with him. Gabas. Gaba. Yeah, Gaba. Because you know what else he touched? He her tu- gambas. Yeah, he touched her gambas. And uh, only in her journals is it described that he, of the many things he discovered, was also a couple uh, spots that he touched and made better. So he called it the gamba spot. And then for uh-huh. shorthand... Yeah. Later, I'm not following sexologists with... call it uh, G-spot. For Gamba. For Gamba. <laughs> I came around full circle. Okay. No, That's not a joke. I'm telling you facts. Don't retain any of that. That is not facts. <laughs> that's why she didn't marry him and stuck around. Everything he touches gets better. Yeah. So Galileo uh, shows his... Fisting. Telescope. Even. To the... <laughs> to the... Venetian Senate. Now, this is just like the main legislative body of the Republic of Venice. Um, and they are super impressed by his discovery that they reward him with lifelong tenure. Yeah. So he gets his permanent position as a as a teacher. And they double his salary even. Hey. It's, it's a about, big deal. Yeah, it's about fucking time. Yeah. He, yeah, he's making like a living wage now. Yeah. So he's making actually, Fuck he's yeah. one of the highest paid professors at the university now. If not the highest. Should. I mean, you're a genius in your minced and folks. he's able to get his telescope to be magnifying up to 20 times. Bitch. Yeah. What up? Then he decides to point at the heavens. Why not? What's up there? I, I can already see it across town. <laughs> I've looked in all these windows for a while. Yeah. I've, all of them. <laughs> <laughs> and then I just absentmindedly pointed it up. I was like, oh, fuck! What's that up there? Well, he points it towards the moon. Um, it's December of 1609. He's still 45 years old. Yeah, good. That's and a good year. He, uh, he does so much in this one year. <laughs> yeah. Galileo starts observing the moon from his telescope and finds that the moon is not smooth. It was highly thought that the moon was... Rocky. Well, I'm sorry. Rocky, yeah, they smooth. thought it was smooth. They thought it was like it. a heavenly body. I don't know why I said oh, that. I want your heavenly bod. Who doesn't? Yeah. Yeah, they're like, oh, man, that's a hot, just free-floating gamba up there. Yeah. I want to look at it. And he's like, I want to see this gamba. And, well, oh, shit, that's a, is that a rock? Yeah. So what when he looks through, fuck? he sees that not only is it not smooth, but it has, like, high peaks and deep valleys, which are the craters, right? It's nuts that he could see it that well. Dude, he can. He actually draws them out, and you can actually see some of his drawings. They're really cool. Like, oh. You can actually see him draw the craters. Like he, I've heard of this shit, yeah. And yeah. he starts, like, uh, naming them as if they are, like, actual geographical. Like, this is a mountain, and this is a river, and this is a thing. And well, I didn't see anything about that, but I wouldn't be surprised. I could be mistaken about the person. Yeah. He does this with Jupiter's moons. But he doesn't yeah. with the moons themselves. So what happens is he does eventually, after drawing out many phases of the moon, our moon, he draws them out and he's starting to get a better look at it yeah. because it has different phases. And he's like, holy shit, this thing is totally not smooth at all. 
and rock. the next month in January of 1610, he points it over at Jupiter. And what happens is he sees that there's three other kind of stars, is what he first calls them, that you cannot see with the naked eye. So when he first sees these, he's like, what are these? Hmm. And he keeps going back to it night after night. And he finds out that the biggest one, the planet, Jupiter, is the, the three stars are staying around it, but they're not all in the same position that they were when he first saw them. Right. They're all rotating or moving, so they're in different formations from when he first saw. What's the deal with that? And that's exactly what he thinks. He's like, what the hell is going on here? So what it seems to be is that really God. these are Jupiter's moons and they're orbiting Jupiter. And he's looking at it going, what the fuck is this? How much is it? Like a fucking like mind fuck. Yeah. The first time seeing that, like the concept hadn't come up. He's like, what? Just a, what, the, what? Yeah. So he records this, of course, what? each night and shows where, what's happening. And Boy, you can still find his moon maps? Yeah. I'm going to check that out. And Galileo, he draws out uh, the position of Jupiter along with the other stars, records it, and then he quickly produces a short book called, I'm going to say the, the English the translation, which is called The Side Rail Messenger. Obviously, he named it something different in Italian. I'm not even going to try. Side Rail Messenger? The Side Real messenger. What does that mean? Side real. Or side real? Real. Yeah. Side real messenger. Oh, okay. I but think that makes more sense. Besides discovering this and writing this book, he dedicates the book itself to Cosmo the Second de Medici, which is the Grand Duke of Tuscany. Oh, okay. So suck up. Yeah. He actually tutored that guy. Galileo did. Oh. So he's like, check this out, guy. Look what I just discovered. Hey. Yeah, so it's someone he knew, like, personally, and tutored, so he's like, look what I just found. Bro, and it's he, weird up there. Check it. Yeah. It's fucking weird. But besides dedicating the book itself to him, he actually names Jupiter's moons, is what they end up being, he actually names those bodies after the Medici family. I just bit my tongue. <laughs> the Medici family. It is hard to say. Oh. Yeah, calling them the Medician stars. Isn't it Medici? Medici, M E D I C I, M E yeah, yeah. I think I think I've heard it both, Medici oh. and Medici. What are the moons of Jupiter? I don't know. Oh, why? I thought you were going to bring it up because you said they're the family members of the uh, the Medici. Well, they named out the family members. He made, named out the family itself, calling them the Medician stars. Oh my bad. I thought you individually. Right, right. No, he calls all three of them like, these are your guys' stars cool. that they are moving around Jupiter. It's weird. It's just the first three that, the ones that he could see anyway, because there's more than three in there. There's more than three, but he could only see these three at this time. Cool. Um, because of this, Galileo was rewarded with an appointment of the Grand Duke, and after he returns, he's then considered a courtier hmm? and lived a life of a gentleman. A courtier is just someone who <laughs> has the right to go visit high-end status people. Yeah, yeah. He can be invited to those. Go mingle to the nice little cake parties. Yeah, sure. It's a little bit higher status. <laughs> known to be kind of fancier. Hmm, people want to see me. Yes, I have observed the heavens. I don't know if I could explain it to you. I might try. Hmm. And I know that uh, this will be difficult for you to understand in your little mind. Please, servants, more wine. Hmm. The women are quite attractive at court, eh? <laughs> yes, as I was saying, the pizza in the sky was designed, I believe, in my opinion, by the greys. Oh, God. 
I, how did I know you're going to somehow bring aliens into this? <laughs> they hail from within our own earth. <laughs> they take our cattle. To make cheese. They poke our anuses with probes. <laughs> like, get out. Galileo, get out. <laughs> you're not invited to court anymore. <laughs> you must understand <laughs> my science. I've seen it through my telescope. Through my long scopey. I have seen the greys probing the buttholes. None of this happened. No, don't drag me out, pilotly. <laughs> I'm a court guy! Ah, <laughs> dare you! So he later discovers the puzzling appearance of Saturn. And I say puzzling because it has a goddamn ring around it. And he's it, like, what is that? He can see the ring? I guess so. Fuck, dude. I don't think puzzling even begins. And he discovers that Venus also goes through phases just as the moon does. Because up until that point... You could see Venus with your naked eye, but it's like a distant point of light. It yeah, doesn't really a, look like anything. Like a star. Yeah, like, like a, a star. star. Yeah. But when he can see, he can actually see it. I mean, it's still really small and blurry and unclear, but he can see that it actually has like a crest of a shadow and it slowly goes through phases. And yeah. he's like, but why does it do that? Thumbs up with this. And he's starting to figure out that those shadows are because it's Venus going in between the sun yeah. and Earth. Yeah. Same as the moon. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Which means that maybe it's not are going around us. Ah. Maybe it's going around the sun. Well, when you do the calculations and you're like, well, if that's the light source yeah. and we're moving and it's moving, this is the only way it could be. Right. Yeah. So that's what he's saying. And he also is like, if you look at other stuff, because at this time they thought everything was going around the earth. They thought all planets and everything, the sun that's was all right. going around the earth. So if we weren't moving, the shadows wouldn't look like that. Yeah. Is what he was, you know, okay. And he just learned that these three stars, Jupiter's moons, are revolving around Jupiter. So he's like, so they're not all revolving around us. Some of these bodies are revolving around themselves. So that also goes against the fact that, yeah. So this this undermines Aristotle's cosmology theories, yeah. right? What the it, fuck does he know? It shows that there is more than one center of motion in the universe and that the phases of Venus showed that it's revolved around the sun and that probably all the planets actually revolve around the sun, including the Earth itself. That's fucking bananas. Could you imagine, like, nobody thought of that? Well, I think some maybe people... People have, yeah. yeah. But, or proposed it, but he sees it and he's like, it's the only thing that is So other people happening. definitely proposed it's bananas. It, but this is like, oh my God, I actually have evidence that can point to that happening just like that yeah is his paper called spaces bonkers <laughs> no that'd be cool though <laughs> no so historians actually believe that galileo himself actually thought that the earth was probably revolving around the sun not the other way around but it's a secret but he didn't have any way of proving this or saying anything about it so he probably just kept it to himself especially because right now the catholic church basically runs italy and going against that is going against the church which to his credit yeah you don't you don't want to fuck with that. Yeah. Especially it you know, I think it's it's not even that they run it like the fucking Vatican is over there like Yep. They just it's, it's they have I'm sure they have a vein running through everything. Yeah. Probably. Yeah, you don't want to fuck with that. Well, so Galileo is not the first to argue that the earth is revolved around the sun. In fact, almost exactly 100 years prior in 1514, Nicholas Copernicus argued that the sun was fixed point and the planets orbited the sun, and the Earth was a planet that not only orbited the sun annually, but also rotated on its own axis. This is known as the heliocentrism. Heathen! Yeah. Did they kill him for that? 
No, luckily not. And Copernicus? Yeah, so his theory has been known for a while, and Galileo was converting to this, which is called Copernicism. Yeah. And it would be a key turning point for the scientific revolution. Copernicus didn't get into too much trouble. Nobody really knows why, but when he first started to talk about this, mm. the church didn't seem to really care for like a few decades. It does eventually, before Galileo starts to look through his telescope, the church does start to respond to people who start to believe in this because it starts to get spread out a little bit. And the church is like, no, that goes against the scriptures. It's, and so they yeah. are now outspoken against it. And probably because of this is why they maybe even maintain this mentality is because they've already been outspoken against it for a while. Yeah. By the time they, Galileo was. Entrench. Yes. And take a, yeah, take a position. They don't want to admit that they're wrong. That would look bad. Which we have no modern context for. <laughs> oh, my God. Because you know what I am I am for that religion ruins everything. Do you know what is in I'm gonna directly read a quote from the Bible real quick. Mm -hmm. The earth is a fixed point within the universe, doth say ham to Sham. And Sham said, Climate change is not real. Uh -huh. And Ham said, Yes. Yeah. And Doth was well. <laughs> And then Spam spoke up and they said, shut up, Spam. Yeah, Spam was a controversy. Go back to baloney. <laughs> it's the salted meat family. Yeah. Yeah, but they, they were dropping some truth bombs. Drop, dropping some truth bombs well, that, as a culture, we're, we're not respecting them. Here in a little bit, I'll actually quote you some scripture that uh, will show what the church was saying. But for now, Fuck at this time... There really are only two systems that are largely largely believed. There's Aristotle's theory, which is that all planets and the sun orbit the Earth. Yeah. This is pretty much the biggest one, really. Everybody believes this. There is another one that's kind of tries to mesh the idea of Aristotle as well as Copernicus's, because they know that if they say Copernicus's, they'll get in trouble. So they try to marry the two, and it's called... It's a bad word. ...Taconic System. Taconic? Yeah. So it, what this is is that all planets orbit the sun, but the sun orbits the earth. Uh, so this way you can explain how you can see the shadows. And no, it does phases. not. No, it, it doesn't. But this is how they're trying to do it. It makes absolutely less sense. They literally go, we know what it is, but we can't say it. So we'll just say the thing that's really right, which is that everything orbits the sun, but we can't really say that's what it's except for the earth. Except for the earth. Everything goes around the earth like you guys think. <laughs> I've never heard of that. I'm just trying to like picture what that would look like if, if i watched the diagram of it it's funny and the looking. sun goes around us and the solar system goes around the sun yeah that's just a mess yeah that's a huge mess everything would look totally different you can youtube uh what it looks like iconic system and you can see like kind of how they would uh have presented that idea yeah it's funny looking i want to see if somebody's made a diagram of what it would look like standing on the earth if that was the case because it would be trippy what do you mean like, the sun would still go around, but the planets would change distances yeah. dramatically. And I mean, I guess depending on where they are. If they don't crash into the Earth, they definitely would go. You'd see them more often, and they'd go through more phases that you could see, I would e think. Yeah. I don't know. It doesn't exactly. work. It doesn't, it's bullshit. It doesn't matter. It's, yeah. Yeah, it's ridiculous. But these are the two systems that are accepted by the Roman Catholic Church, because both systems say that everything Whatever. essentially evolves around the Earth. Hey, vaccines cause autism. Yeah. What do you want? And they have a lot of political and legal influence. They kind of control everything. So yeah. there you go. You just go with what they say. War in the Middle East is not about oil. Now, the weird thing is, 
that there are a couple of reasons why the Catholic Church completely disagree with the heliocentric system okay. or Copernicus's theory with the Earth rotating around the sun. The reason why they don't want to accept this is because, one, they believe the Earth is the lowest point with only hell being lower than that. And then everything else is heavenly bodies towards heaven. Now, this is already stupid on so many levels. If you read my notes here, it's just fucking stupid. It's cute Written like 10 times over. Is that all it says? I don't know. I, I usually don't read it word you know, verbatim. So <laughs> I just do it for my own pleasure when I'm yeah. doing the research. But yeah, let's see here. If I were to just read out my notes. So they believe that Earth is the lowest point and right. then outwards goes towards heaven. So those bodies are supposed to be more perfect than Earth, which is why even him saying that the moon is rocky is considered almost blasphemy because it's a heavenly body yeah it, it shows that the moon is closer to earth where's than hell thought oh it's inside earth right i don't know below is all i saw yeah that is just so adorable so for whatever moronic reason that they believe this stupid thought already whoever came up with the fact that the earth is the lowest point and that outward means that it's going that earth is the center means it's the lowest that doesn't make any sense why is that well the case? it's something that a guy said once and everyone went Fuck, dude. Dumb. Yeah. Yeah. And then just stuck. Yeah. So, I, you know, that's up, up is relative. Well, I always thought the reason why they thought everything revolved around the earth was because they wanted to be the center of attention. But that's not the case. It's actually the reverse that they're the lowest point. Yeah. But again, hell. this isn't scripture. This is just yeah, that's a not belief. In, not in the Bible, as far as I yeah. know. But they got a bunch of other ancillary writings and shit that they attribute to well and here's the other reason so the other reason is because of a couple bible verses which in my opinion also sound fucking stupid for the argument but here's what it says um the catholic church cites psalms 93 1 which states yes please the lord reigns he is robed in majesty Mm -hmm. the lord is robed in majesty and armed with strength indeed the world is established firm and secure now that doesn't make any sense to me because, first of all... Why Wait, they, how, that's what that's their reference? Yeah, that's one of them. They have like four or five. But they're saying that the world is established, firm, and secure. And to them, they're taking it literally as in it's stationary. That's not what it said, though. That's what I agree with you, too. Is that Stable and firm could mean economically. Here's the thing. is They're the ones who could interpret it. As a matter of fact, if you try to sexually. reinterpret what they've already interpreted, then you're a hair dick. So... Yes, I've always been a hair dick. What do you want? <laughs> yeah. It also is stupid. They do 96.10, which is Psalms again, sorry, 96.10, which states something similar, God reigning all powerfully and the world being firmly established and it cannot be moved and God will judge people with equality, which is hilarious because it's like, that doesn't even make any sense. Again. So to get this straight, we want everyone reading this to know that God is almighty. He will judge everyone fairly and righteously. Oh, and also, by the way, the earth is, uh, it can't physically move. We just wanted to throw that in there randomly. We want to talk about God, and he's going to judge everybody. But also, on by, a side note, in by the, the same, way, it makes zero sense. Like, no. I, Nowhere does it actually say no. But that's what they do. That's what they do. They've always done that. It's the same thing as there are long, long chapters in the Bible of Jesus talking shit on gay people. Tons of them. <laughs> quote after quote after quote. Except for I, there's not. I don't like the gays. They're gross. I think they're strange. They, they make me sick. We should kill them all. They... They're just and confused. That's we should... really not in there, but that's what everyone will say. Not a single goddamn quote. Yep. But any of that shit. But anyways, they also do, I won't quote all these, but in case you want to look them up, First Chronicles 1630, I've got it written down. They all say the same thing. Cannot be moved, will not be moved, the earth must not move, all this weird stuff. Well, Psalms 104.5 and Ecclesiastes 1.5. Or Ecclesiastes, I think. 
Yeah. Whatever. It doesn't matter. So this is why the church believes that everything must rotate around the earth. It's because but, it's supposedly stationary, again, even though it doesn't say that. It's interpretive. Yeah. So maybe you guys fucking interpreted it wrong, dickheads. Especially since that's all Old Testament. And the whole Old Testament is just sucking God's dick because he's very... Very insecure. Yeah. Old Testament God. He's like, I am the only one, and I'm amazing, right? Tell me I'm amazing. Well, even in that yes, first sir. quote I told I'm you. I'm strong. It literally says he is almighty twice in a row. Yes. Like, if you didn't he, hear me the first time. He is so, like, Old Testament God, I see him in just like a tiny little chair, <laughs> and he's just puffing himself up like, no, no, I am. I'm great. Tell me I'm great. Yeah, I am great. I'm going to kill all of you. <laughs> there are, are there other gods? Are there other gods? No. Is he bigger than me? <laughs> so now you know where the church stands, and it's it's a big deal. Um, huge. People will lose their lives over this shit. So in 1610, Galileo is 50, 46 years old. He starts defending. This has he, been a huge, like, two years. I know, right? Damn. So Galileo starts defending heliocentrism based on his astronomical observations. Now, literally, he's the only guy that's looked through his telescope is powerful enough to, to see this. Ever. He knows what's happening. And then when he tells other people, they're just like, no, nah, that can't be right. And he's like, you don't understand. Why are you lying to me right now? You don't understand. I literally have the only thing and I saw it. No, I hear what you're saying. You can't you're... even argue because you don't have, you haven't looked also. Yeah, okay. You're lying to my face. Weird name. So anyways. Why are you lying to my face? Are you giving me autism? He does start to get a little bit of followers and he's got friends and they talk about it. And it's, you know being discussed what a liberal agenda in 1613 40 he's 49 years old uh the grand duchess christina of florence he uh confronts galileo's friends and followers with a biblical um objection to the motion of the earth but supposedly she was actually being cheeky about it like she wasn't trying to start anything or like getting after them she was just like yeah but what about the bible says this (laughs) and it might have even been said that she was curious of what they were teaching well sure yeah so Galileo responds actually back with a letter saying that, hey, the heliocentrism was not contrary to biblical text, that the Bible was an authority of faith and morals, but not science. Yeah, dipshit. This gets around. It gets passed around widely. Even though it's not published, it circulates all over to the point where after- That's not good, though. They don't like that either. Yeah. After two years later, um, in 1615, uh, he actually sends her even more details because he finds out that it's getting moved around. He's like, maybe this is a good way to hey, this pass is not, this around. Yeah, he's like, the message works. Yeah, this so frame this way. He writes 40 more pages on the topic and sends it to her. Um, This wasn't good. So Whoops. Yeah, there's a guy named Father Nicola LaRuni. He's a Catholic priest. Douche. Father, I guess. And he submits some of these findings to the Roman Inquisition. Ooh. Which they are responsible for prosecuting individuals accused of a wide array of crimes related to religious doctrine, and they're not nice. They Just will, her- heresy. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, and they will and Jews. He'll torture your ass and kill you and shit. Like yeah. these aren't nice people. I know that you say Catholic, and you're like, okay, so they're no. no. They actually have excuses for how they torture people. They're saying that if you're a heretic. They want to make it so you're not. They want to save your soul, so they got to make you admit to, you know, Mm. follow them and to quit saying stuff about them. And Mm. they'll go to any measure because whatever they do to you will not be as bad as what happens to you in hell. So you're lucky, dick. So you get away with doing whatever kind of torturing you want. 
Which, again, there are many, many, many chapters of Jesus quoting all these things. He's like, strap their dick onto a weight and just yeah. pull on it until they admit that they were wrong. That they were wrong. God is great. God is great. Give him just little cuts and then pour Kikamon soy sauce on it. <laughs> no. It's right. a waste. It is a waste. That's Jesus is terrible. No. He's a terrible waster and torturer. But yeah, so this father, Nicola Laroni, he's... Little cuts on their butthole. Accusing Galileo of trying to reinterpret the Bible. That's what his... <laughs> I mean, he is, from their perspective. <laughs> Kinda, but he just also that... happens to be right. Yeah. So everyone in the church gets super mad. Like yeah. It goes up the chain. They cry out for Galileo um, as being a heretic. They want him to be investigated. They want the Roman Inquisition to get involved. Fuck. They want it all. And the Inquisition, they're known for banning books, too. And they've already kind of banned some of these scientific books that are out there that are about astronomy and different things. Yeah. But they're known for brutally just torturing people and killing them. Sweet. In fact, 15 years prior to this time frame, a man named Giordano Bruno, he was a philosopher, a mathematician, and a cosmological theorist. I'm familiar with Bruno. That's hilarious. Yeah. He's into aliens. No. Yeah, he is. Is he really? Yeah. Oh. So he an alchemy and shit. He taught and expanded on the Copernican model, mm-hmm. and he was also proposed that stars were distant suns for other planets to yeah, revolve like the, around. Yeah, like the solar system theory. Yeah. Yeah, well, well when, when even, it was a theory. Yeah. And that possibly those planets could maybe harbor life. Who knows? Yeah. Um, he also stated that he thought the universe was infinite and had no center. For these things... Giordano... Bruno, man, to Google that. The guy's wild. Well, and he was, pu- he was part of a cult in which he was accused of. However, when he actually went to trial, he told them that he wasn't. He told them that he was Catholic. And... Oh, yeah, because he knew. Oh, yeah. He knew this. Yeah, little little cuts on his dick dipped into soy sauce was on the line. Yeah. So he lied, but he still took up this thing saying, well, no, 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 I still believe the scientific things I'm talking about. Yeah. But those shouldn't be a threat to the church. And that was enough for them to prove him to be guilty of blasphemy, a heretic, and they tortured and hung him upside down naked and burned him at the stake. That's what he deserved, really. So if you think about this, this is 15 years to where we are now. It's only 15? 15 years ago, according to our storyline so far. So oh, Galileo. in Galileo's thing, oh, no. it's riding up the chain. Yeah. And 15 years ago, this other guy died for kind of the same stuff. Nervous as fuck. Yeah. Yeah. So the Catholic Church, they don't have any tolerance for anyone possibly going against their beliefs, and they will fucking hunt you down. Mm-hmm. Galileo knew about Bruno, by the way. He knew that this is something he could face. The Catholic Cardinal... Robert Bellarmine. Bellarmine. Mm-hmm. So Robert Bellarmine was one of the main guys who sentenced Bruno. Dick. And was now getting letters about Galileo being a heretic. So he's still on the, like... Sweet. Next murder. Yeah. Yeah, I love the murder. In 1616... Give me a dick. Galileo is 52 years old. All right. Getting old. Getting old for... Yeah, back then. It's tough. Galileo decides to go to Rome to state his case. He believes that he can go speak to the Catholic hierarchy and persuade them... That, you know, hey, if you're open to these facts that the Earth is not fixed by proof of my discoveries, no, my telescope, my shit. that it Look also doesn't diagram, conflict. Don't hang me upside down. On the loot. Then kill me. But he also wants to go convince him that he believes in the Bible and that these two shouldn't be like which, clashing. Which really, yeah. 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 He's like, the Bible can exist and that's awesome. And mm. then also this you know, facts that I have also can exist and they shouldn't be able to 
hurt each other, which is true. And there's no well, and especially there. so much of like Catholic interpretation is comes from Dante's Inferno and the other two, which are fiction. Yeah, they are fine adapting to that shit. So if somebody approaches you and they're like, "This doesn't threaten your narrative already. It's just another thing." Yeah. He should be cool about that. You would think. But before oh, going to the Vatican, no. he first starts traveling to churches to speak with bishops and priests. He starts going for the low-end guys, and he's like, maybe I can go find some open-minded dudes that are in the church and convince them that, like, hey, what I'm teaching shouldn't threaten your guys' teachings, yeah. right? However, before Galileo... Oh, I guess I could bring this up, too. Galileo was hoping that he'd be able to convince the cardinal, Ballarmine. Yeah. He was hoping he could convince him that the two ideas could exist because he heard that the Cardinal was actually really into science, uh, hmm. like previously before, when he was still a Cardinal, but... Before he was a dick. As he started doing his own investigations along with other scientists, they started finding things that conflicted with what his teachings and <gasps> theology was, and he decided to drop science oh. to stay pious. It's science or little boy's balls. Yeah. You know, and you just weigh it out in your mind. So he thought maybe, like, I know he's interested in this shit. Maybe I can kind of persuade him. All right. But before he can, three days before their planned meeting, the Holy Inquisition meets up and they decide unanimously that Copernicus and his theory is heresy to believe in. Fuck. Then they quickly ban basically anything that has to do with Copernicus or yep any theories that don't. Nothing cool. Yeah. No cool stuff. No baseball. No blowjobs. No bubblegum. No Johannes Kepler's books. No Kepler. Yeah. No KKK. No cookies. No revolution of the heavenly orbs. No heavenly orbs. Ban it all. Nope. No oral. No anal beads. No frozen bananas. Oh, anal, anal, anal beads. Anal None beads? of it. Anal beads? Nope. No more. We're closing shop on fun times. What if I make the anal beads so that the first one's the earth and yes. the rest go out? And it makes that's the first one's earth and they're all. You can put that in your ass as long as it's spinning. So it's a representation of what's happening. <laughs> put it on a little engine, <laughs> shove it in your ass. The church is, will sign off on that. Okay. We'd actually like to watch if that's okay. Yeah, no, that's fine. Could you help me maybe? I'm into all, yeah. We're, okay. We're, as the representative for the church, we're into all that shit. Yeah, we'll bring our own 12-year-olds, don't worry. 12? 12-year-old boys? We got seven and eight-year-olds. <laughs> God. We'll hook it up. So Galileo is not mentioned in this decree, but when he arrives for this meeting um, with the cardinal, he's personally warned, saying that no one is allowed to hold, teach, or defend Copernican theory. Okay, Either orally or writing. Don't do it. And anyone who refuses We're, the order, they will be silenced. We're threatened. We might not get our tithes. Yeah. Ballarmine, um, he states that the church is willing to change their decision, but only when provided absolute proof. And that showing that Venus has phases like the moon does not prove oh, that Ballarmine. it orbits around the sun. This effectively muzzles Galileo. No Copernicus, no condoms. Yeah, pretty much. Dicks. The funny thing is he kind of left an opening. So Galileo wasn't trying, he wasn't about trying to fight the church or prove them wrong or anything like that. He just wanted to show that Copernican theory was correct and that it had no threat against the church or its teachings. But the cardinal 
Yeah, he leaves this opening. He says that uh, Copernican theory will never be accepted as long as there isn't full proof, like a, a damning, like, yes, this is real. So he starts thinking, okay, how can I prove this then? If I can give absolute proof and they can't deny it, he said they would change their belief on that. But they can, they can if you look at the numbers and the... Mm-hmm. But so Galileo gets interested. He in, built a rocket. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll fly there myself, dickweeds. <laughs> I'll take some fucking pictures, yeah. which is what we're all trying to do. To the flat earthers right now. But <laughs> just fucking go up there. And Gal- shut up. <laughs> Galileo actually goes a, a weird way about it, though. Rather than continuing to look up to the skies, he gets really interested in waves, as in in the ocean, mm. and he believes that this may hold proof that the Earth is moving. So what he does is he gets like a basin and he puts water in the basin and he hangs it with ropes and he lets the basin move and he notices that it creates waves. And he's like, yeah, this is proof that there's movement. That's why we have waves. Okay. He's completely wrong on this. We know this today. That's not where the waves come from. Oh, he says the waves are from motion. Us moving through space. That's what he's trying to prove. So that way he can do it. And he Eh, thinks he has it. At least he's trying, yeah. He writes a letter to the Vatican saying this and actually gets dismissed right away because even before this hundreds of years, we know that the moon actually affects tide. They knew that? Yeah. How the fuck did they know that? Probably watching the moon and how close it gets and watching the waves. High and low tide and all that shit. Hmm. So, I mean, it gets dismissed. Um, he continues arguing it for a long time, I guess. As a matter of fact... I, I would have figured with, back then they'd be like, oh, no, we know what waves are. It's those fucking... It's the mermaid people. It's the mer people. Yeah. You know. They get upset and they it's go one God, way or the other. He just makes it wavy. Who cares? He sits in his big chair and he just moves his finger back and forth. Yeah. And makes waves. Duh. It's funny because... <laughs> Duh. Uh, <laughs> Give me another seven-year-old. Galileo doesn't br- believe that the moon has an effect on the waves, even though that's... That's really what it is. So. Well, you can't be right 100%. It's Na- true. 98% maybe. Well, and I think he also was. At that point, it's funny. The The part where I only think he fails is the part where he's trying to prove something. Like, rather than getting evidence and mm. then going, oh, this is the result. Cool. And then that's fact. He's trying to take a fact and he's trying to work backwards to make that fact work, which <sighs> is not the right way. That's not the scientific method. Which it's awesome that he did both. Yeah, well, he's trying to he's trying to prove something that is correct, but he's going different methods about it. Going about it the irresponsible because way. the way he does have is not accepted by the Vatican. Good thing scientists so he's try to find a different way. Yeah, scientists don't do that anymore. Thank God. <laughs> yeah, everything's clear now. Mm. Mm-hmm. So he trust drops, everything you read. <laughs> he drops the argument about the tides and and the waves of ocean and all that stuff. And uh, he moves on. He starts thinking about how the Earth could be moving so fast, yet we cannot feel it move. And he wants to know why. He's like, we're, we're moving. we got to be moving quick, right? Jump in a carriage. Why can't I feel it? So he does a thought experiment where he thinks about a horse to represent the motion of Earth. Mm. He first states that if a rider is on a horse and it's just standing still and the rider has a ball in his hand, if he drops the ball, the ball will land on, on the ground next to the horse. Yes. That's obvious. But he thinks that if... You get the horse galloping at full speed, then you drop the ball. It will do the same thing. He thinks it will drop and land next to the horse, not back behind the horse. And the reason why is because the ball's also moving forward along with you and the horse. So the horse has forward movement. So does the ball. So when you drop the ball, it's not just going straight down. It's also moving forward and down, which hmm. is correct. He doesn't even have to go actually do this thought exp- or this experiment. 
He's already got it figured out in his head. He's like, so the earth is moving. Maybe we're just getting carried along with it like the ball is with the rider on the horse. Yeah, okay. Right. And this is actually the, a basic principle of relativity, and it's a really incredible experiment. To it's just tough for me to wrap my head around. Think but of. Yeah, it's, yeah. If you watch a horse, if you were to think of a guy on a horse and he throws the ball, the ball's going to go up and come back down in his hand. It's not going to go up and then like... Because the ball is going the same speed. Because when you leave it with your... When you, you know, launch it out of your hand, it too has already been going Still at a forward direction with the horse. being propelled. Yeah. It has already one motion. Before you throw it up, it's already forward. It already has that momentum. So when you throw it up, it's now going forward still, along with you and the horse still going forward, and it's up, and then it comes back down. I need to buy a big, giant, vacuumed room to do some spec. I don't think you need a... I don't, no, not a room. That's just for... Well, no, it's going to have to be stadium size, and then I'm going to have to buy a horse and like bowling balls and stuff. I got yeah. a lot of tests. You don't have to do that in a vacuum. You can just do, you can just do that one. No, for safety. Okay. For safety purpose, it's going to have to be a vacuum. You're a vacuum. Sealed. You're going to have to be in a suit and well, air, breathing. Yeah. I'm going to be in a spacesuit. I suit. think you've added more danger than what is necessary for your safety reasons. I'm just going to buy one of those tough sheds and then get those vacuum sealers that you buy. Mm-hmm. Just. And they're going to go in there. Yeah, I'll put on a suit and a mask. Good job. I'm going to do some science. This show might be only hosted by one person. <laughs> Nah, I'm going to figure some shit out. It's just that concept of the ball is also going makes my mind angry. You can also think about it. I have to see it. If you're on a bus, the bus is going, whatever, 30 miles an hour. If you're at the back of the bus and you start walking forward, you're technically going 30 miles an hour plus whatever your walking speed is. So you're now going 32 or however fast you walk. Uh Yeah. So the ball's already going the speed of the horse even though it's not in the air yet. I know, but once you release it from what's creating the momentum, my mind is like, it should just fly backwards. Of course, that's not what happens. No, not at all. (laughs) I don't don't mean to be rude, Sonny, but... Oh, you're fine. That's my brain, because my brain also says that things of different weights don't hit the ground at the same time. Think about it this way, then. Let's say, fuck the horse. That makes it too complicated. Yeah, fuck a horse. Let's just picture something like... A cart that can go really fast instantly and stop instantly. Sure. If you had a ball in your hand and you were launch really fast, and then at the exact same time you let go of the ball as you stopped instantly, what would happen to the ball? I have no idea. I've it never... would shoot forward, continuing going the same speed that the cart was going. Like uh, you're going so. 80 miles an hour, and then if you came to abrupt stop right before the abrupt stop, you let go of the ball. Yeah. So this is gonna go 80 miles an hour in the same direction while you go and stop. Uh, Anyways, I can't. I can't picture it. You can go watch videos of this on on YouTube. You can even watch the exact thing of galloping a horse with a ball and everything. I'm going. No, I'm not going to watch videos. I'm going to go recreate them. And MythBusters does one that's kind of similar. That's kind of fun too. And this is what it, this confusion is good because not only do the Catholics have their own agenda to protect, they have the way the human mind is often wired yeah. to be dumb. Well, and they haven't done the experiments, and it seems odd. So it's not their do. fault that they're dumb it is their fault they're being dicks about it and that they're not willing to look at other people's experiments that show yeah the exact i know result. i'm i know i'm incorrect then i just haven't done the tests well go do the tests they're fun well i'm not going to i'm going to ask jesus which is true he'll tell me he'll be fine <laughs> anyway so in 1623 <laughs> galileo is 59 years old a new pope is appointed ooh Mafio Barberini, who is Pope Urban VIII. Go Pope Urban. 
It happens to be that they're actually friends already. Galileo was friends with him before he became the Pope. They were already in communication and talked about mathematics and other stuff. All right. So Pope Urban VIII writes a nice letter to Galileo. Mm -hmm. And shortly after, Galileo makes a two-week journey to go meet with the Pope. He's like, hey, my old buddy, he's a Pope now. That's cool. So they're walking around Vatican like all... Like, it's a, there's a garden, and there's, you know, it's the Vatican. It looks pretty, so it's almost like royalty. He's just walking around like, this is badass. You're the Pope. Hey, buddy. And they start having discussions. They have many discussions, of Me course. Me Pope friend. Something that gets brought up is Copernican theory. Uh-oh. Yeah, so he, he just talks to his buddy about it, and he asks him what he thinks about it. And the Pope says, you know, I think that God has the ability of making things one way, but making them appear a different way. So I could see how... You might come up with results, and that might explain He's how dead. things work. He's but I think, I think it's just the Earth is the center. Everything goes around us, and then the things you're finding is just God. He can do whatever He wants, so He can make. He's dicking you off, brah. Uh, he's nice about it. They're having a friendly conversation. Well, well, now God is dicking you off. Oh yeah, Gal Galilee. So Galileo asks him, "Hey, would it be possible if I wrote? I was not supposed to write about it." According to the Cardinal. Yeah. He's dead now. So can yeah. I write about Copernican theory? And the Pope, Pope Urban VIII, says to him, you can write about it. However, you must write it hypothetically. You have mm. to write it. At most, you can't talk about it as it's being a real thing. You have to say it's a hypothesis amongst other hypotheses. Okay. So do that, and that's fine. But don't do not do anything more than that. So just don't state it as fact. Yeah. Okay. And so the Pope would allow Galileo to write this. It's like being um, gay in a Christian family. Yeah. Just hypothetically. Hypothetically, he likes boys, but... Not in fact. Yeah. In fact... He only thinks he does, but really, he's a good Christian. He likes girls. Yeah. In fact. And vaginas. Because who doesn't? Uh, yeah. I love your mom's vagina. So Galileo... You should love all of them. <laughs> oh, boy. Okay, Dad. Thanks. Thanks for that. I don't know, so I'm go fuck a boy. <laughs> <laughs> so Galileo walks away pretty excited. He's finally got his break because not only can he write about Copernican theory, but he's also got his own work tied into that. Yeah. He's already made his own discoveries, but you have to first have Copernican theory, and then he's got his. So he's like, I can write about all my stuff. This is awesome. So it's in 1624. Galileo is now 60 years old. He starts writing a Buck. book called The Dialogue Conferencing. The two chief world systems, Ptolemaic and Copernican. So Ptolemaic, I guess is the right word for yeah. it. Ptolemaic is what everybody believes right now, basically. It's mm -hmm. the earth is the center, everything revolves around okay. that. And then Copernican is, of course, what we believe and know, I should believe, what we know today. Sure, yeah, yeah. It's yeah. not really a theory anymore. Yeah. So he finishes it. It takes him six years. And in 1630, he's 66 years old. He's getting old, man. He sends a couple of copies to the Vatican so he can show them, hey, like, hey. This here's... is just a theory. Yeah. And he sends a copy to a censor so that way he can get fully approved through the right means. Lame. And it does pass. However, the bubonic plague hits France. And so Galileo doesn't know if it passes. He doesn't know anything. Like Super lame. It hits super hard and everyone's dying. And he's just like, I wonder what's going on. I hope that, like, are they going to publish it? Like, that was the plan. Did my paper cost this? Yeah. So he also sends a couple to his friends. They read it, whatever. Yeah, the book is actually really funny. So he cleverly writes a structure of conversation between three characters okay and they're discussing and arguing the theories of whether the earth moves around the sun or the other way around yeah 
And he is trying to kind of make it cheeky, witty, and fun. Yeah. One of the characters. I want to read that. Dude, it actually. So one of the characters is Salvati, which represents Galileo's theories. He's talking about Copernican theories, and he's pretty heavy on it. Sure. And the second character is Sagrito, who is a, he's just basically an intelligent layman guy. He's just your average commoner. Okay. But he's supposed to be intelligent and like kind of agrees a lot with the Copernican theory stuff. And then you have Simplicio. Yeah. And then you have Simplicio, who is a simpleton and a comic foil. Well, Simplician, yeah. Okay. Yeah. And which represents stubborn Aristotle uh, believers. No. And then they kind of make no. it, he kind of makes him dumb. Huh? He also repeats common arguments given by usually Catholic Church representatives. Yeah, but they said. And by giving Simplicio uh, the final word. That God could have made the universe any way he wanted, so it still made it appear as it is to us, but it could be working anyway. Take that, atheists. Which is essentially what the Pope Urban VIII said to Galileo when they were walking around, and it yeah. was really his favorite urban. You know, it's all the Matrix anyway. It's really the Pope's favorite. It was his favorite argument for whatever reason. That's what he thought like he won it with. I think I kind of appreciate that in one sense. Like The Pope's job is oral is moral and ethical like sure. to lead people she's like what's going on in space fucking man. i don't know yeah. i don't know in my bag it, god it, makes it however and then if you see it differently fine but it's still the way god made it but it's not the point you saw no. it wrong or whatever you saw it wrong you saw it right i don't give a fuck yeah. we're supposed to be feeding the poor and shit but he just fed the pope's words through the dumb guy into the dumb guy yeah and they make like they ridicule this character these other two ridicule the character because he's trying to make a strong point, but he's also trying well, to be funny and cheeky about it. But yeah. he wasn't really maybe thinking it all the way throughout. After the plague does clear up, the book does get published in 1632. Ooh. Other people at the Vatican read Galileo's book. They don't think the Pope did at this time, but they read it and they instantly see that Galileo is basically making fun of the church and through this simpleton's character, Simplicio, he's putting the Pope's words through him. Yeah. And they tell the Pope that Galileo had made a fool of him, that he wasn't a book of science, but of satire, and Galileo basically made him out to be just a really big, dumb person. I'm suburban. The pop guy. That's what Sam Peace, that's his, that's his title. Oh, I love that his name, Simplicio. I love this whole entire part of this story Simples. because he essentially writes out his argument and he makes a character named Simplicio, makes him a simpleton, and, and then makes him say all the stupid stuff that is incorrect. But he does it through writing a book of dialogue. It gets hilarious. Where, yeah. That's the funniest shit I've ever heard. The deliverer is a fucking imbecile. Yeah. <laughs> and then the other guy is a genius. Yeah. <laughs> it's like my favorite thing of this whole entire story is he writes this book of three characters and two of them make fun of I I like that he even made two of them that were on one side and then, sim- you know, it made it show so many different things yeah. just like that. that the smart people, they kind of gone up together. They understand it. They get it. But they also have more firepower to rag on this guy who doesn't have anybody to turn to. Like, and even the layman yeah. ends up making fun of the dumb guy. Yeah. The common folk is just like... I mean, writing yourself as the as the ultimate handsome hero... It's awesome. It's well, so funny. It's a Woody Allen movie. No. He does that in every one of his movies. Well, he stole it. He did steal it. <laughs> he stole everything, including children's virginity. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I got him. 
Got him. Currently, he's in a freezer. It's unplugged. Probably going to plug it in. We'll find out. Jesus. We'll find out. It's fine. He's got some crackers. I don't know if there's crackers in there. I forgot. <laughs> <laughs> so, Pope Urban VIII is furious, obviously. Um, so, he reads it, or people tell him, like, they tell him. Yo, dude. They're like, they're uh, like dude, he's making fun of you pretty hard. Galileo bummer. is yeah, making you out to look like an idiot. So, his advisors tell him that they should have the Inquisition basically open up a case against Galileo, which they do, and they serve papers to him, mm. ordering him to appear in Rome. Galileo tried to delay the trip because he probably knew what was going on. And yeah. so he's like, oh, and he wrote a letter back being like, no, I can't. Uh, I'm, I have ill health. I'm, I'm old. But he gets served papers again saying, hey, either appear on your own accord or appear in chains because we'll come get you. So Galileo arrives in Rome later. He's like, okay, I guess I'll I go. guess I get the point there. And he receives the order to appear for trial. Now, he goes in and they ask him if he knows why he's there. And he guesses. He's like, yes, I'm guessing it's because it's my book, my, my most recent book. I imagine you're upset about being wrong. <laughs> yeah. Which sucks for you guys. Goodbye. Which is not really my fucking problem. Now, remember what they did to Bruno? Bruno, thank you. You gotta keep that in mind. This is what's going through yeah, Galileo's option. mind as he's being tried for essentially what's gonna be heresy. He made fun of the Pope, basically. That's how they see it. Hey. He making fun of the guy. It's a good joke. Even though it was his friend, they never speak again. They're not friends anymore. Yeah. So Inky. Yeah, the trial is basically them asking, like, okay, you know why you're here? Yeah, it's because of my book. They mm. confirm that the book they have is the one he wrote. He looks through and he's like, yeah, this is my book. Yeah. You're like, okay, good. So it comes down to two facts. Either the cardinal, if you remember, Ballermine. Yeah. Ballermine forbid Galileo to advocate for Copernican theory when the two had a previous meeting 16 years ago. Hmm. Galileo confirms. The second thing they then ask is, did Galileo violate the cardinal's command by writing this book? And that's where the discussion goes into. So Galileo states that though the cardinal told him that Copernican theory um, was repugnant against the church's beliefs, that Galileo could discuss the theory hypothetically, which isn't really quite true. He's kind of taken the newer pope's words, who mm. said he could talk about hypothetically, and he's kind of put in the words of the cardinal, who's dead, so who gives a shit? Yeah, he said it. I remember. I was Yeah, I was there. You yeah. guys weren't there. Yeah. You he, remember. He continues to try to defend that he wasn't, trying to say that Copernican was true, but that with the debate in his book, the theory could be used both as astronomical value as well as the value towards the church, and that the dialogue was really just to show that really neither opinion could be favored over the other. He quickly backpedals this and says essentially that he denies holding any condemned opinions about Copernican theory, and... Really, anyone who reads the book, they would know that that's not true. No, no, no. You guys misread it. Because a stronger argument is within the person who's got Copernican, you know, on the side <clears throat> of Copernican. But he tries to backpedal and say to the court that, you know, recently rereading this book, he realizes that, you know, he concedes that there are people who could read a few parts hmm. of the book. I get why you misunderstood. And the reader, if they were ignorant of his true purpose, <laughs> could misunderstand that it's his fault that, that they would misunderstand, but that they would not... It's my fault. It you would, idiots yeah. didn't understand. Because I should have framed it in a simpler way. It was his error. Idiots. 
You idiot. Due to his ambition to trying to show a fun and skillful argument between his characters, which gave a false proposition. So he's like trying to tell them, like, oh. Hey, that's actually smart. Frame it as, as like, no, nah, I was being fictitious in a playful way. And, and then he, that's exactly what he says after that. Yeah. He goes more into like, it. He says, I think you guys were just overthinking it. I was just kind of having fun. He says that he overstated it, maybe, but really he was trying to make the argument seem more realistic. He's yeah. like, oh, you guys just don't understand. The book is basically arguments, and I wanted my characters to have depth. I didn't want just one guy to completely destroy the other, which is funny because it totally does, but just on the other side. He's like, I wanted it to seem yeah. more balanced, so I try to give – maybe I gave too much lift to Copernican theory when really I was just trying to make it seem like it was – but really anyone who read the book, they'd go, dumb guy, really? doesn't get it. Two smart guys making fun of the dumb guy for not getting it. It's just bias, guys. Yeah. It's, it's, that's it's, that's your bias you're reading into it. That's funny because that's a lot of Plato's stuff with Socrates. Yeah, where it's it it seems like a balanced argument, or it's presented as, but no, it's Socrates telling everyone they're wrong. Yeah, or just yeah. overall being an asshole. Yeah, well, you can frame things however you feel like. Yeah. yeah. Well, this is what he's trying to approach. He's basically saying that he used the arguments as a, an argument tool like it had to have something it couldn't just be yeah one guy talking my character had to keep talking about what a big dick he had and how everyone was impressed and because you guys interpreted that as me talking about my dick that has not that's not my problem yeah and the just because the guy's name is simple doesn't mean because <laughs> i just i you know that's just i know a guy named he's perfectly fine simplicio i know a guy down the street smartest guy on my street smartest guy on my street I live on Retard Drive. <laughs> but That's not relevant. So uh, he continues to backpedal more and more, saying basically he's seeing that there's danger. And he's like, no, uh, this is my fault. I'm sorry. I could go back and rewrite it. But he's also trying to be – he doesn't know how much they know or how much they've read or maybe mm -hmm. how they interpret it. So he's trying yeah. to almost be like, I could see how there's a couple parts. Maybe I – he's almost trying to downplay that it's not as bad as they are sure. maybe think it is. But anyways, he's trying so hard. Luckily, because it is slightly ambiguous, they do compromise. The 70-year-old Galileo is sent to chambers to receive a sentence, and he's pronounced as a heretic and is forced to abjure formally. Now, they're not going to torture him or kill him, but they do tell him that he must announce that the Earth rotates around the sun. <laughs> and he, like, they're forcing him, by the way, and he says that the Earth is the center with all the planets and the sun revolving around it. Oh, that's going to be so fucking painful to say out loud. That might be worse than torture. <laughs> I know, right? So he, they force him to kneel down. He has to say it. Or, I mean, if he doesn't, they're going to kill him. Uh, yeah, he's not put into a dungeon, luckily. He is sent home after this, but he is basically imprisoned. He's not allowed to leave his house. Mm. He can't even go see his daughters or anybody without permission. Why? Because if he goes outside, he's going to tell people? like Probably. That he's we, we revolve around the sun! We revolve around the sun! <laughs> Everyone will be like, what? Oh, my God, dude. Yeah. They should have let you out. <laughs> <laughs> I guess. I think it's also punishment as well. And I uh, think they have enough force to be yeah, like, yeah, it's jail. If we find out you left, we're going to kill you. Okay. So he would actually write letters to signed from my prison when he was writing them from his house. He'd be like, I'm from my prison. Uh, yeah. And uh, about seven years later, he dies. Um, January 8th of 1642. He's 77 years old. Wow. Um, this is somewhat slightly debated. It's a good run. Yeah. 77 for back then. I don't Not know. Not too bad. This is debated whether or not this actually happened. After being forced during his trial to admit that the Earth was stationary center of the universe, Galileo allegedly muttered, Eper si move, which means, yet it moves. So when he was 
being forced to say the sun, the the Earth is stationary, and he goes, "The Earth is stationary, yet it moves." Yeah, man. So, which is just, I don't know who recorded that. If he muttered it, and no one heard it. Maybe someone heard recorded it. It. Some people think that he didn't say it at all. It is written on, I guess, the behind him on his uh, painting in 1634. Someone did a a painting that was commissioned by one of Galileo's friends for the like a. Uh, portrayal of the court i think it was just in general i think i actually didn't see the actual painting but they have it written out apparently behind him yet it moves that is fun though so it's it's like it's like something a toddler says though give me the crackers i will yeah exactly (laughs) i don't know it's give me the crackers okay because he knew it wasn't fucking true a couple other real fun facts. I didn't mention Galileo discovered sunspots in 1612. Sunspots? Yeah. Wow. I didn't go into this because, I mean, it's kind of weird in the narrative, but he doesn't even get into a discussion about someone about it because someone says that the sunspots are actually probably satellites that are moving around the sun. They're, they're out away from the sun. And he's like, no, I think it's a part of the sun. It's yeah. either on the sun's surface or I think he was able to do this by taking his telescope and he's shine it out of the sun when the sun came through this telescope on the other end if you put like a box or whatever like a paper yeah it would show the circle of the sun hitting there and then he could actually take sunspots i guess are a little bit darker awesome. and they'd show up on his paper and he'd draw them out he's like well, that's weird it's like i don't know what that is we'll yeah. figure it out later yeah oh this was kind of cool he wrote this out because he believed that you know the bible's for moral teachings yeah and astronomy's a science thing they shouldn't be together he said that the universe which stands continually open to our gaze but a book cannot be understood unless one first learns to comprehend the language and read the letters in which it is composed of mm-hmm. it is written in the language of mathematics and its characters are triangles circles and other geometric figures without which it humanly impossible to understand a single word of it I think here all he was really trying to say was, look, you're using your book for religious things, and you can't use that book to be able to understand what I'm finding. You need to have this information. Different languages. And you don't have it, and that's why you're getting upset, because this is true. You just unfortunately can't – you don't have any of the knowledge to be able to see what I see from it. Well, and it really is the same thing. I could tell you a true thing in Korean – and because you don't understand, it doesn't not make it true. Exactly. And because you don't know math or whatever, that's not on me. Yeah. Pope. Yeah. According to Stephen Hawking, Galileo probably bears more of the responsibility for the birth of modern science than anybody else. That's yeah. Stephen Hawking. Sure. I'll take that. And I always thought this part was kind of fun. We might have to do Sir Isaac Newton, but one year after Galileo died, hmm. Sir Isaac Newton is born. One year? So basically after his life, Same guy. <laughs> right? Nope. Same Reincarnated. guy. Reincarnated. Yep. <laughs> But yeah, Isaac Newton took a lot of Galileo's work, and he expanded greatly on it and helped create the laws that we know of physics today. His papers are covered in jizz. Yeah. Covered. Yeah. Newton liked Galileo's work a lot. Because I would imagine, you know, young, precocious kid, he probably had these thoughts, and then he came across these papers and was like, fuck, dude, yes, no. I'm going to touch myself. Alchemy's real. Well, hopefully that was fun. That's Galileo for you. I had fun. I didn't know that shit. It's weird to me to think, because I think of Galileo, and I definitely think of telescope. And that's probably where, before this, that's where it ended. But the guy knew art. He taught art. Mm. He did experiments with math and science. Yep. He invented things, including the goddamn telescope. And some kind of uh, thermometer. 
Yeah. Just random. Yep. I mean, the guy was just a genius. Anything he touched, it seemed like he just had a knack for and started to, if he expanded on it, it went far. If he didn't, then he was still pretty damn good at it. Yeah. His wife appreciated that. (laughs) It certainly did expand. Well, there you go. Galileo, people time. People time, bitch. We love you. Absorb it. Science. Galileo. Figaro Magnifico. Since the dawn of time, two heroes have dedicated their lives to the pursuit of the answers to life's most difficult questions. If Donald Trump had a theme song, what would that theme song be and why? What would you guys do if you had to swap bodies for a full week? Would you rather look like you do now, but have the voice of a small Japanese girl, or would you rather have your voice and consciousness in the body of a small Japanese girl? Together from the depths of Earth, they have forged a podcast to defeat Titan of Uncertainty. I'd get a hot air balloon, get out, it's nearly inflated, jump in, away it goes. Into the North Atlantic. (laughs) (laughs) My plan is King of the Zombies. If you all kind of work together, you could be an ultimate horde. Tune in to Ryan and Barry's quest for philosophical enlightenment in Neckers in the Breeze, the podcast. Available now on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.